WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Friday, January 5th. It is indeed Kale and Company, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app. And of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, social media, at 1210WPHT, I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L, Don Stenzel with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Anthony Dorenzo, Phil Almquist, our associate producers. Oh, do we have a jam-packed show today on a frigid, frigid Friday. It was 23 degrees when I got into my truck this morning. Good Lord. Don Stenzel, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Gregory. Hey, am I here? Um, let me check. This Hold on a second. This Where week, are you? Hello. This week has just been... Uh, you know, 2024 you know, has not been a great uh, <laughs> start so far for me. <laughs> if I could turn I gotta back say, time. Let me just say real fast. I, I went... I was very proud of the fact that I went almost 15 years, and I took maybe two sick days in my entire <laughs> career here. In since you've done since you started with us, yeah, I've taken like this is my, like my fourth. Yeah, I don't think you should be blaming me. I think it's more on your kid bringing home it's 100% germs. Hundred percent, my kid. <laughs> yeah, bad work out of you. Yeah, the kid and kale. Yeah, the kid and kale. <laughs> yeah. that'll be the second show I host. <laughs> Kale and Company, followed by the Kid and Kale. Oh God! Yes. I just want. I, I just. I'm tired of sitting at home. Honestly, like I, I just. I'm like. I need to get to work. I need to get back to work. Stalker's going to be here tonight at five thirty, and one of the, one of the suits will be like, "Go home already." <laughs> of course, the suits would have to be here to tell you that, but that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good stuff to get to on the show this morning. We have a big take on Nikki Haley. A lot of the things that I've been hearing that. I just don't like. So we've got to flush that out this morning. Also, another batch of Epstein documents gets released last night. And we also have more Hollywood celebrity A-listers. Not that they did anything wrong, but yeah, they are can, linked to Epstein. Can we stop saying the list? It's not the list. It is... It's well, people, there's three things. It's Yeah, it's people who were asked if they ever visited right. in a deposition. We have documents... Yes, we, yeah. have, we have court proceeding documents... We have flight logs, but we still don't have the black book. Yes. The black book is truly the smoking gun. That's going to tell us everything. Correct. Correct. Like, Definitely worth clarifying. It, the media, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like, I'm shot out of a can. Good. Because I've got nothing left this week. I've had post-nasal drip. You can, you can carry us home, buddy. But the media is naming these people in this thing, like, uh, yeah. associated with that. All there's... Some of them, not all of them, some of them, all they're saying is, uh, did you ever see so-and-so uh, with on on the island? Yeah. And they're like, no. Right. And that is, well, he was named in the court proceedings. Like, it, that's completely correct. not the same thing. Absolutely correct. So we will get to that coming up this hour for sure 
Also another school shooter in Iowa yesterday from one segment of the population, one group or community, very similar to Nashville. We'll get to that story. Also, a lot of local stuff, some tragic stuff here locally in Philadelphia with SEPTA. Uh, Joe is now losing young women in the polls. And Gavin Newsom and Phil Murphy, uh, Phil Murphy with something in common. So we'll get to that this morning as well. Plus, soccer's cut sheet here on a Friday. So a lot to delve into, but before we get to all of it, let's get to the news, because I'm sure there is plenty. And for that, round number one, 605, the great Don Stenzel. Yes, and in a moment, we'll have the latest from the Philadelphia Health Department, the latest warning, and the latest big hospital group that is masking up. All of this on this Friday morning. Good morning, January 5th. We are at 25 degrees, so we've warmed up five whole degrees <laughs> this morning since uh, since Nikea left the house in the <laughs> Honda Ridgeline, right? Yeah. We have so much to talk about this morning in the news We are looking at this police investigation and just a shocking video that has now gone viral, learning more about what happened after this deadly push of a man onto the tracks of a SEPTA train station. This is University City last night following a scuffle, a fight between two men. At one point, if you look at the video, it shows one of the men punching the other and then forcing him to fall back onto the tracks seconds later that train on the market frankfurt line strikes the man killing him you hear the screams of those waiting on the uh, platform there it's it's a horrifying situation i saw you tweet the video out oh about 40 goodness. what 45 minutes ago yeah. i think mark fusetti had the video of it and yeah he just gets knocked right off and then within two seconds here comes the septa train and it presumably just runs them over and crushes them. Yeah. And it's awful. It's a lot of the media is not, you know, so, some of them are not report, uh, letting the sound go on, but you hear those, the horror, the screams of people on the, who are waiting there and witnessing this just feed away. Uh, the reason I retweeted uh, Sergeant Mark Fuzetti was because he's the only one who's talking about the two gen, the two men who are fighting one of them who became ultimately the victim who's dead. And and so, you know, we'll talk about that moving forward. But I think nobody's saying, well, did people know who these individuals were and could this tragedy have been avoided? And I think that's a question that we need to look into more deeply. So Philadelphia police are investigating. They have one person in custody and um, they took that person into custody at the next station stop at 40th Street Station, by the way. So the 40th. 34th Street station was shut down for hours yesterday because this happened at the, you know, about fourth, between 4.30, 4.45. So that's why it was shut down as well as the area near Drexel's campus. Well, if I, if I read Mark's tweet correctly, SEPTA police and authorities knew of these individuals that were homeless and that I think that they, they know that these people have been down there. They have basically, according to Mark, I think I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. uh, they they use the SEPTA trains themselves as beds and toilets. So this seems like it could have been another preventable tragedy, so to speak. Yeah, and so it's one of those root problem type situations yeah. that if we kept homeless people or maybe people with mental health issues or people with chemical dependency issues... And, you know, and by the way, we're under this code blue warning right now for Philadelphia, Montgomery County, multiple other 
you know, entities are also declaring these code blues because it is 20 degrees overnight and it does impact the homeless. So we have the shelters to provide for homeless people or people um, in these dire situations that don't have to sleep on a train. So uh, we'll look more into that. I do want to get to President Biden visiting our region, uh, traveling. He won't be traveling tomorrow, as expected, to Valley Forge, where he had hoped to have the Valley Forge you know, backdrop of Pennsylvania, George Washington, Continental Army, you know, thinking about 250 years ago and protecting democracy. That's really the message. But Biden is coming today because of this big storm that we've been talking about. We have more details on that. So Biden expected to decry former President Donald J. Trump for the riot by a mob of his supporters who overran the Capitol in an attempt to overturn the 2020 presidential election. These are some of the talking points that you you can look forward to in this speech today. So how does it impact the local community? Because he was supposed to be there on a Saturday. So he is so because of this, there are alerts, for example, to the, the entire Wissahickon School District there in Montgomery County. Think of Bluebell. You think of Montgomery County Community College. Oh, great. My neck of the woods. Yep. So I shouldn't leave my house. going to be traffic everywhere. Redlock. Oh, great. So they're they're actually dismissing school for many of the schools at 11 a.m. today mm-hmm. because initially I thought were they doing this so that the kids could go or attend the attend the speech or something of that nature? But I really truly think that it's because of this last minute change that it's going to be gridlock shutdowns due to the motorcade and all of that. Yeah, I usually get home right around 11 o'clock. So, so they just came off of what, a week and a half, two-week break, and yeah. then they get yeah, out. Yeah, just like, just like you. And then they get out <laughs> on, uh, oh. on uh, Friday uh, early because the commander-in-chief is Yeah. Here. Yes. Wow. Yep. We're not even supposed to get that much snow, though. I know. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, tomorrow is, is we're looking at, I'll, I'll just go into the, well, let me talk about the measles before I talk about the oh, forecast. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to the measles. Do you want oh to get God. to the measles? Something else I can catch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there are now, we now are getting an update on <clears throat> these measles cases. And I, you know, we never used to talk about this. So maybe who, the question is, we have an unprecedented amount of people that we don't know about their vaccination cards coming into the country. I have no idea if that, in fact, is leading to these outbreaks of mm-hmm. things like measles that we never used to really talk about but we do have these measles outbreaks and <clears throat> one location was announced just two days before christmas so uh, dr cheryl bedigal philadelphia health commissioner releasing some new information talking about these six confirmed cases which originated at children's hospital of philadelphia so they had to do some quarantines but obviously some of the children ended up at CHOP because they were sick. And I, I thought, and uh, probably to your point of maybe people coming in illegally or whatever it might be, weren't, weren't the measles and the mumps basically eradicated decades ago in yes, this sir. country? Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. The, the risk to babies, so there might be something else go on, going on that people didn't get their young children vaccinated, uh, citizens perhaps not doing that. The risk here is when you get your your you know measles mumps rubella those types of vaccinations okay so to this is this is a severe risk to um, perhaps somebody who's pregnant but also to very young you know young little babies mm-hmm. who aren't vaccinated yet so the Jefferson Health Building on Chestnut Street they have a, a multicultural education station daycare on Castor Ave 
and multiple daycares, children's hospital. These are the, some of the locations that they're giving out, just saying if you or your child was, especially young babies, near these areas, you know, we, we want to quarantine you. Shut this thing down. Sunday night around uh, 845, we'll get the text from Stalker. Hey, I've got the mumps. I'm out tomorrow. <laughs> Anthony, be ready. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Don't even say that. Oh, God. Wow. It's a nightmare. Yeah, it is. All right. Let's talk about the forecast real quick here. This is uh, the today. It's beautiful, by the way. So we're 41 degrees, bright, sunny skies. We've warmed up 26 degrees during this uh, newscast, by the way. But there, we've there is a winter storm watch that is being, you know, that issued by um, by by the National Weather Service. So tomorrow is the question. The high tomorrow is 40 degrees. So we do have precipitation, but the high tomorrow is 40. The high on Sunday is 39. On Monday, it's 43. So the question is, when does this hit? So it looks like on Saturday evening, when the sun sets, temperature starts to drop, we will see some slushy flurries, depending on where you are, but maybe about an inch. Then on Sunday, if you're, let's say, in Lehigh County, you're looking at three to six inches. Mm-hmm. So Sunday is the is the question. But for us in this area, it looks like right now, a couple of inches. And that would be earlier on Sunday. But north and west, <clears throat> even in Chestnut Hill, um, Bluebell, Montgomery County, you know, they could see two, three inches. And then as you move north and west, those numbers go up. Oh, God. What shall we do? I know. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I better make sure all my um, remote radio equipment works in case I can't make it in here Monday I've, morning. I've been hearing for a, week, for a week now about this storm. And we're, we're getting maybe three yeah. inches in the Lehigh Valley. Better rush out to your local grocery store and grab bread and toilet paper and milk and fabric softener. You could be trapped for weeks. <laughs> they're always wrong, though. I know. So that's the concern. What if they're wrong and we get like 12 inches? Well, this is what happens when you don't get any snow for over 720 days. <laughs> Everybody starts to panic over four inches. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don. thank you very much. 614 Friday morning. Let's wrap up the week with one last big take. The Big Take on Kale and Company. The big take this morning, hard pass on Haley. The more you are around someone, the more you learn about them, right? In politics, the more you hear and see a politician and the more you read about them, the more you learn about them as well. Over the last eight months, we have seen and heard a lot from Ron DeSantis. And it became very clear that despite being a policy champion and a very effective governor, in fact, in my opinion, the best governor in America, we've come to realize that he's lacking in some presidential areas. Well, the same applies to Nikki Haley, but for a completely different set of reasons. Now, it is worth noting that she is polling very well. In fact, she has officially surpassed Ron DeSantis in the national GOP polling average. Now, look, it's all for nothing, since we all know it's Trump in a runaway landslide and has been really since day one. But I'll give Nikki her just due before I go on to crush her here and tell you why I'm personally out on Nikki Haley and want nothing to do with her. But according to the 538 for the first time in the 2024 election cycle, Nikki Haley has come in second in the pollsters average. It also highlights her rise in the polls that has been taking place over the last few months. Haley has been gaining momentum since August with fuel from multiple strong primary debate performances. And DeSantis has held second in the GOP field throughout most of the race. And even at one point in time, if you recall, he was somewhat closely behind former President Trump before all of the indictments started to occur. 
but he has dropped over the months from about 30% nationally to low double digits. Now, Haley has also taken second place in the Hills Decision Desk HQ National Political Average, having held it since mid-December, and she and DeSantis are statistically tied in the Real Clear Politics polling average. Okay, so why am I washing my hands on Nikki Haley? In any way, shape, or form, to be honest. I don't even want Nikki Haley as Trump's VP. Well, there's a variety of reasons. Let's begin with this. We just saw our southern border get bulldozed by illegal migrants in the month of December to the tune of over 302,000 in a single month. But don't tell Nikki Haley that. Talk about poor timing and poor messaging. Here's the former South Carolina governor talking about illegal immigration. Listen and watch. But let's keep in mind, these people that are wanting to come here, they want to come for a better life, too. They have kids, too. They have a heart, too. They, so we don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. Disrespectful? Well, let's talk about disrespectful, shall we, Nikki? Disrespectful is being here in this country being put up in a $500 a night New York City hotel, tossing the free food you're given in the trash, having all-night alcohol and drug-fueled benders in the hotel room, trashing the hotel room, and having your sexual encounters spill out into the hallways. That is what illegal migrants have been doing after we have sheltered them and given them a nice life in New York high-rises. That is disrespectful. And how do you know who all of these people are, Nikki? You just think that every single one is here for a better life? Some, if not many, certainly are. But what about the cartels? Human traffickers, drug smugglers, fentanyl pouring over the border, killing our children, not to mention terrorists from around the globe with an ambition to enter the country and plenty of ports of entry to enter. And remember, I've said this on the show multiple times, that while she is polling well, She isn't doing well on social media with the Trump base. And it's actually the opposite of Vivek Ramaswamy, if you think about it, who isn't polling well at all, but is a darling to the right and the Trump base on social media. And I've told you for two months that MAGA wants no part of Nikki Haley. And here's why. Listen to Vivek Ramaswamy lay it out for you with Tucker Carlson on the latest episode of Tucker Carlson Uncensored. Listen and watch this. I think what's become clear to me now, I'm in the thick of this GOP primary, is that the real puppet they're trotting out isn't Gavin Newsom. It isn't Michelle Obama. I was wrong about that, actually. I think the true puppet masters, the thing about them is they're fundamentally nonpartisan in nature. There's a few things they care about. Keeping the foreign war machine humming is high on the list. Keeping the administrative state's control of the United States is also high on the list. They found a much more convenient puppet within the Republican Party itself. It's not Gavin, it's not Michelle, it's Nikki, actually. And I think that if you just follow exactly who are the very people who are paying to keep Donald Trump off the ballot, who are funding the lawsuits that keep Trump off the ballot, the Reed Hoffmans of the world funding lawsuits against Trump, the Larry Finks of the world, king of the woke industrial complex, CEO of BlackRock, it's just obvious and hiding in plain sight. Who are these people propping up? It's not Biden, and it's not even Gavin Newsom. It's Nikki Haley within the Republican Party itself. And I think that that makes for a very convenient frontman because then they actually have absolved themselves from any allegations of 
partisanship or democratic partisanship against Donald Trump. It's, they can say, oh, no, 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 we're not partisans. We're actually bipartisan. Actually, the deep state, and I would say the managerial class more broadly, is fundamentally nonpartisan. They have their core objectives. And Nikki makes for a far better Trojan horse to actually accomplish that objective. So not Biden, not Gavin, not Michelle, but Nikki Haley. Neutrality, they can claim. See, we don't hate the GOP. Think about it. Who came to Nikki's rescue on the debate stage? That was Chris Christie, the biggest rhino of them all. And who has been given relatively positive coverage on mainstream media besides Chris Christie in the GOP primary? That would be also Nikki Haley. Who loves war? Nikki Haley does. Actually, just like Lindsey Graham. Must be a South Carolina GOP thing down there. And who wanted to squash you on social media this past November? Nikki Haley. Who has been very pro-China? Nikki Haley. And we just played you the clip of her on illegal immigration. The answer, as Vivek lays it out for you, is right in front of your very eyes. Now, it's up to you if you want to believe it or not. But Nikki Haley can be a conservative and a Republican, yet actually be the intended agenda all along. But there's plenty about her that doesn't scream America first. And while she would be better than Joe Biden, make no mistake about it, and when it comes to my personal opinion, I would love to have her over Joe, Nikki is officially a no-no for me when it comes to being Trump's vice president and or winning the Republican primary. Haley, hard pass. I'm out. And that's The Big Take. The Big Take on Kale & Company. All right, big take this morning. If you want to jump in, thoughts and reaction, you can certainly do so. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. 855-839-1210. On social media, at 1210WPHT. Or, of course, be a part of the Kale & Company comment community on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT and hit the like and subscribe buttons today. Coming up next, we'll get some thoughts and reactions to that, as well as another batch of documents with Jeffrey Epstein gets released last night and other A-list celebrities that have been brought up in the Epstein saga. We'll get to that as we continue. Six o'clock hour this morning, Nick Dawn and Greg here on Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210WPHT. It's Kale & Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Nick, Dawn, Greg, Anthony, Phil, good to have you in. 855-839-1210. Cut sheet at 745 this morning. We will also get into uh, day number two of the Jeffrey Epstein documents fallout. Also, tragedy in Iowa yesterday, so a lot on the docket this morning. But I do want to get thoughts on what we just laid out for uh, the big take with Nikki Haley. Um, I I thought Vivek Ramaswamy, and I understand that he has had an axe to grind with Nikki Haley from day one. They've had a rivalry within the Republican primary debates for sure. Um, But I do find it very interesting because as annoying as Vivek can be at times, he does make a lot of really, really good points. And sometimes they're super deep and your head's ready to explode. But there's other times where he lays it out very simplistically. And when you start talking about what he said in the big take of that clip that we played for you when he was on with Tucker Carlson, I mean, we've known some of these things about Nikki Haley, and some of which maybe we did not know. But apparently she's a darling of Larry Fink from BlackRock. We know she loves war. 
She she she's she doesn't love war. She, I think Stop. she definitely loves war. <laughs> like, I, I, she's got the Lindsey Graham George Bush field. She, you know what it is, and maybe I'm wrong here. And if you if you disagree, that's great. We can have some conversation about this. She reminds me of a lot of a, of like a Bush type Republican, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'll take that over Joe Biden ten out of ten times. But the more I hear her and the more I read about her and I hear, I like to listen to other people that are pretty intelligent and their opinions. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm out on Nikki Haley. I, I Now I see why MAGA wants nothing to do with her. I'm not saying that she's anti-America, but I don't know that she's America first. We played you that clip on the illegal immigration. Well, don't be disrespectful. These are human beings as well. I'm not being disrespectful. But I care more about Americans than I do about other people trying to enter this country the wrong way. If that makes me a bad person, then so be it. I think that her that message, even though I don't agree with what she said, I think it resonates with uh, the Don Stenzons of the world. Do you? I do. And Maybe not. I, I'm not calling you out, Don, but I'm just saying that the suburban mom, I, I think that that is a message that resonates with them, to be honest with you. I could be wrong. It, in regards to what, as far as taking care of other people and you know making sure that people come into this country, the, that... com- the compassionate conservative uh, okay. approach, you know, for all of the, you know, all the suburban moms who claim to be Christians. <laughs> Stalker, you're needling. He's, ne- he's needling, Don. Get in there. He's needling. Yeah. Does, 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 so does, am, am I, Greg. Am I being out of line with Nikki? Greg just, you know, he's recovering from the flu, so yeah. just. He just wants to wind me up yep. so that he can sit back and sip his coffee. Exactly. Guys, Greg, Greg, won't be in, Greg won't be in Monday because Dawn punched him right in the eye socket. <laughs> Never. I love Greg. So are, are, are you buying what Vivek is selling as far as the powers that be propping up Nikki as the Trojan horse? Because we, we know they don't want Joe. Nobody wants Joe. I mean, their own party doesn't want Joe. The only way Joe wins re-election, if he is the nominee, is simply be because it's a vote against Trump, much like 2020. But they're not propping up Gavin. Be I mean, think about this. Sean Hannity's propped up Gavin Newsom more than the powers that be on the left, if you think about it, with all the platforms he's been given on Fox News. So is Vivek on to something here with Nikki Haley kind of being... Um, I don't even know what the right phrase. I don't want to call her a rhino because she's not. She's she's definitely a rock solid conservative for the most part. But is it is it pause for concern with Nikki Haley when you hear this type of stuff? No. Okay. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not. Look, Democrats are going to vote D. Republicans are going to vote R for the most part. And I would still still vote for Nikki if she was the nominee. I'm not saying I would ever not vote for Nikki Haley. So so you're not out on Nikki Haley. I'm out. The whole premise of the big take is I'm out on Nikki Haley. But if if she's the nominee, I'll vote for her. Well, if it's her against Biden, I mean, give me anybody other than Joe Biden, for God's sakes. Okay. Yeah, but I don't want her as Trump's VP. Not, Not saying that Trump would maybe even really consider her. I don't even know that that's a possibility. But it's just there's so many things about Nikki Haley where I'm like, like I said, like, you know, the more you hear from people and the more you read and the more you learn, it's now I understand. And I look, I, I know you're going to probably lose your mind because it's social media. The more I see the, the Trump base on social media that really says they want nothing to do with Nikki Haley, the more I get it. If, if it's about the America first movement, if it's about MAGA, I don't think there's much MAGA about Nikki Haley. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. So think about Joe Biden coming a day early because of an inch of snow. 
Uh, you know, it's, like, it's embarrassing. Not a joke. Uh, what, if, what if George, this is the question, Trump should go to Valley Forge tomorrow and say, what if George Washington had just avoided yeah. the revolution because of an, about an inch of snow? Yep. But I think for Nikki Haley, the, the honest to goodness truth is that what what do they have to run on? I mean, we have this jobs report coming out today. We're all coping with this Bidenomics, this crazy, eco- horrible uh, economy and everything that's going on with Biden. And so we know that suburban women or maybe just all women were in America. Many women were triggered by the fa- this whole abortion issue. Mm-hmm. And that was a trigger issue. Trump is a trigger issue. MAGA, January 6th, all these de- threats to democracy. So what do they have if if Nikki Haley is indeed the nominee? She's answered well for a broader audience. Right? Like right now she's having trouble, right, with, with a more – you're more conservative right. when you're the candidate, but then you have to go more mainstream when you're the overall candidate. So when she's a mainstream candidate as a woman, as a woman of ethnicity – then she's the mainstream candidate and she has a pr- some pretty good answers on abortion and she doesn't seem like she's drastic in air quotes like a Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. as he's being called by the left. Yeah. So now what do they have? Is she MAGA? Is she a threat to democracy? You see what I'm saying? So so all they can say about her is, oh, she's a warmonger, I guess, although they're, I don't, where's the evidence on that? And so I think that I think that a lot of I think in truth, if you believe the polls, Nikki Haley would be a slam dunk against Biden in a mainstream election. Well, I think the thing that people hold against her when it comes to being like a warmonger was her answers on the first set of debates when we got to the topic of Russia, Ukraine, where she was. And I'm paraphrasing here. She basically had said, we need to stay over there and keep funneling money and, you know, funding this war for as long as it takes. Whereas I think there are many conservatives that are now, which is really odd because the Republicans, by and large, uh, are are the party that are anti-war these days. And she sounded like she was somebody that was all in on doing whatever she could do or whatever America can do for Zelensky to make sure that this doesn't, you know, end poorly with the war against Russia and Putin. So I think they have that working against her. But I'll give her, you know, here's a little bit of credit. If you think about it, what does the left love to do? They love to play identity politics. So if you attack Nikki Haley from the left, doesn't that conveniently open up the, well, we can play this game as well for the Republicans, where they say, oh, you're attacking a female. You're attacking a minority female, so to speak. So there, there's all sorts of different things out there. But I, I just thought that was interesting with Vivek because I never looked at it from that standpoint of, you know, when you're all of a sudden being backed by guys like Larry Rock or Larry Fink from BlackRock and Vanguard and stuff like that. And we gave you the big take yesterday on those companies that control a lot of the uh, the messaging and the power. So if you guys want to jump in, you can certainly do so. 855-839-1210. Yeah, I think that the, the best talking point for Vivek is when he goes through and talks about where where did she make all of her money? How did she make all of her money? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he, what he's alluding to, and I, I'm not saying she did any, there's anything nefarious. I'm not saying she did anything illegal. But I think that what he's alluding to is that, hey, she's just part of the swamp. Yeah. Yep. Very true. 
Very true. So if you guys have thoughts, you can chime in. All right, so let's get to um, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, day number two, we had another batch of documents that got released last night. Um, I, I would not say from a celebrity high-profile status that last night was riveting by any stretch. And as Greg said earlier in the show, you know, you got to remember there's three different things. You have all of this you know, testimony and these documents that are being unsealed from the Maxwell lawsuit. You, of course, have flight logs. And then, of course, we still don't know anything really specifically because nobody has released anything from the, quote, black book. But a second batch of files was made public yesterday and uploaded uh, apparently 40 different redacted documents. Uh, Documents unsealed include more mentions of former President Bill Clinton, uh, who is, quote, not accused of wrongdoing. Uh, I'm reading this from Fox News directly. That's not my words. Uh, British Prince Andrew, who was accused of wrongdoing, and a lengthy collection of emails to and from Jeffrey and more. Uh, also, a lot of celebrities and Hollywood A-listers that have their name linked to these court documents, uh, one of which was Stephen Hawking. I... <laughs> I believe there's like a video circulating of Stephen Hawking, which um, take that for you know for what it's worth. He was allegedly involved in like orgies or something, a wild sex yeah. parties, and I mean, how's that, how that possible? He's a he was he died of ALS, Lou Gehrig's, yeah. right? Uh, some well, he survived with Lou Gehrig's for decades, he which did. is unheard of. Yeah. I think the videos of him are in the wheelchair, correct? Yeah, that's my point. My mom died of that. Yeah, you are you become essentially a paraplegic, right? Um, so I don't, re- and he had to speak through that special analyzer. Yeah, so I don't really understand that, and that one, I- I'm going to say this disturbed me a little bit because he, first of all, he's he is deceased. He can't speak for him to defend himself. Yeah. Second of all, I don't know what happened here, but he was a completely disabled person. He couldn't move his arms or his legs. Right. So... <laughs> it's, it's hard to kind of think about the logistics, right? <laughs> well, that's I'm a mercy situation. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, yeah. That, well, that one was just disturbing. The other names, and we we heard, you know, we had Bill Clinton, we had Michael Jackson, we gave you the other names, you know, two days ago. Uh, the new names that are out there that we did not mention yesterday are Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Bruce Willis, who's also going through, well, he has dementia now, I believe. Yeah. Uh, it's really sad. I saw pictures of him around the holidays with his family. Uh, Bruce Willis, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchett, Cameron Diaz, uh, and then also Kevin Spacey named in these documents, uh, although none of these people accused of, quote, any wrongdoing, which has been pretty much the phrase everybody has used to avoid, you know, any you know accusations. So all we know is that this guy has ha- has a really wide orbit of really famous, really powerful people, yeah. men and women. Yep. And we don't really know anything because... This is just, you know, some people have flown on his plane. Donald Trump did. Right. So what are RFK. we? RFK did. So what are we? Uh, so what are we to make of the flight logs and, um, you know, guilt by association for maybe doing business with them and the really, really, really s- sick 
I almost cursed there, sick stuff that, you know, some of these people engaged in with underage girls. Right. And there's, that's the part that's getting buried is the minors, the victims. There's a huge difference here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, that's why when Aaron Rodgers said that about Jimmy Kimmel is that you can't just throw his name in with Jeffrey Epstein because people say all the time. That, like, it's, you know, if you're associated with him, they think it's because of the underage sex stuff. Right. And we're we're realizing that a lot of these people were just associates with him, mm-hmm. maybe flew on his plane, but really didn't, you know, go to the island or have, right. have you know, partake well, as that's far what as I we think, know. That's what I think so many people on the left were hoping for with Trump. Oh, I was Trump involved with minors. Did he go but, to the I, island? I agree. But to be fair, Bill Clinton has not been charged of anything either or accused of anything either. Well, but keep in mind, I mean, now, you take it for what it's worth, but I think All- with everything we've heard, when you hear Clinton in the court documents, um, I believe it was Epstein himself that said Clinton likes them young. Okay, great, great. I but, mean, I don't think you need but, to be a rocket scientist to put two and two together. Right, to be fair, though, to be fair, though, because I'm, I, you know, I'm hearing a lot of... The left, all they want to talk about is Donald Trump and his association with Epstein. And the right, all they want to talk about is Bill Clinton and his association with Epstein. Donald Trump in a Vanity Fair interview in 2003 or something also said that Jeffrey Epstein likes his girls young. So so we can't just take that. Wait, 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 wait. That was two. Okay, that was two thousand three. Okay, it was twenty years ago, and that was before. Mm -hmm. What's the important line here? Is when the when the the Miami allegations came out, and then Epstein in that bizarre, unheard of plea deal didn't have to go to jail, even though it was basically a, a human trafficking type charge involving minors, involving young girls. So when did they After- say this about? When did they say this about Bill Clinton? Look, I'm not I'm no, not excusing Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton's a creep. <laughs> but all I'm saying is is that is is that we can't just sit here and throw in Bill Clinton when he hasn't really been accused of anything because of that under eight like he likes them young. We're looking at this in a lens of twenty twenty four. Right. We we didn't nobody knew Liking them young means, you know, maybe he likes them 19, 20. It can still be of age. Right now, they're really the only one, unless I've missed anything in these in these documents, the only one that's truly nailed to a T has been Brit- uh, Britain's Prince Andrew. Correct? He's in the picture. Right. With her. Right. But just just real quick to, to um, tighten this up, uh, to me, anybody in the documents after Epstein had been charged, pleaded guilty, and they knew... That, that this guy was, in fact, you know, he pleaded guilty to charges involving underage girls. To me, that's significant. So what was that, 2008-ish? So after that plea deal that he struck, which my question is, what does Bill Barr know? Bill, did Bill Barr have the, the black book? What do authorities know? What, yeah. what does the U.S. attorney know? Well, keep in Remember mind. that was Trump's U.S. attorney candidate yep. who cut that deal, and that's why he didn't get it, because this... Because this was a question, remember this during the Trump administration, so we, I know we've talked about it in the past, but my point is, after this guy, you know he's a creepoid, by all accounts, everybody surrounding Trump and Trump's circle 
Trump was warning people, don't don't talk to that guy, don't go go don't attend a party and get a picture with that guy. Mm-hmm. Trump was tipped off after the Florida because he has Mar-a-Lago. Yep. So he's talking to some of those high level officials who are like, Oh boy, this guy is uh this guy's a freak. And remember the police, the law enforcement who Trump was very friendly with, the, the law enforcement community was furious over that high level deal. That was cut. Well, he was given a no prosecution agreement from the yes. first arrest, and then they arrest him again in 2019. And remember, that was a federal deal. So it makes you wonder how they can arrest. And I'm not def- don't. This is going to sound like I'm defending Epstein, but I'm not. Um, you know, you get that no plea, that no prosecution deal. Then he comes back from that flight from Paris in 2019, gets arrested. I encourage everybody to go back. I texted you guys this last night. Uh, Tucker Carlson interviews Epstein's brother in the newest episode, and it's like 25 minutes long. And they talk about all the events that led up to it, as well as his, uh, you know, quote suicide in prison. There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't add up here. I watched the entire thing, and I have a clip from okay uh, for uh, where they discuss about. Uh, Bill Barr's involvement of yeah. sweeping this under the rug. Yeah, but, but his first arrest dates back to 2005, and that's what I'm talking about. So, right. the, so the Vanity Fair where he goes, oh, he's a great guy, and this and that and the other, because he knew him from Manhattan and parties and whatever. But after that, 2005, and then it led up, I think, 2008, and he got the plea deal. After that, Trump but, they cut cut many people cut off ties, and I'm just saying there's a, a you know, it's like BC and AD. So in other words. After that whole situation happened, who still went to the island? Who still imbibed? When, do you know what I'm saying? Because you yeah. can no longer just say, oh, I didn't know. I thought he was a billionaire investor. Right. Well, well, Bill Clinton was, it was from the 90s, wasn't it? When yeah, I think was Clinton was. 93? Uh, yeah, that's, that would be right around the time he got he got into office. So, like, to, I, I just. To your point about Bill Clinton. In other words, did Bill Clinton, who went to the island, let's say, after 20, uh, to 2010? Let's, let's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who went at, between 2010 and 2019 when these shenanigans were, who went to the island? That to me is more significant than throwing in all these big names to your point about Bill Clinton yeah. that were there in the 90s or pre mm-hmm. the first arrest. Yep. There's so many things that don't add up. Um, definitely check out that video. It's on uh, Tucker Carlson's Twitter page. There's all sorts of good stuff about, you know, the, um, Epstein being on that tier in prison and how there was seven to 14 other inmates and the different angles as to who could have went in and killed him possibly and how they had, they, they go back and look at the old 60 Minutes video of the, uh, the autopsy expert who said he's never seen a neck snap in three different positions based on a self um, self hanging. So there's some. One of the theories is that you know Epstein was basically connected with the CIA to get dirt on all of these high level individuals, and then he ends up dead. So um, if you're into that type of stuff, very fascinating, and we'll have some more of it on the cut sheet. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. We'll come back, put a bow on the six o'clock hour. Tragedy strikes in Iowa with another school shooting. The details on the way. Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. It's still a time. <clears throat> There's still a chance to get in on the action with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150. Bucks. And bonus bets, win or lose. I love the FanDuel app. It's so easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet. You can do live same-game parlays, which is amazing. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay 
uh, in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find uh, popular parlays and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Sign up right now and make your first bet a touchdown. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1210 WPHD and the NFL. 21 and over. President PA, first online real money wager, only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not a trouble. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms on sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale & Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Busy morning, Kale & Company on a Friday. Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Under an hour till we get to the cut sheet. That's coming up 7.45 this morning. Also still ahead, more trouble for Joe Biden as he is now losing young women in the polls. We'll get to that. Also, Gavin Newsom and uh, Phil Murphy with something in common. That's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour as well. And we'll get to the Iowa shooting on the other side. But let's give something away right now. We've been giving away Major League Wrestling tickets all week long. Three pairs each and every morning. We'll have another pair coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, and then also for our Morning Mystery Movie Clip Prize at 920. But if you are caller 12 right now at 855-839-1210, you will get a pair of tickets to see a live taping of Major League Wrestling this Saturday. That's tomorrow, January 6th, at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia. Caller 12, 855-839-1210. For more info and tickets, visit MLW2300.com. Coming up next, we'll get to the news, round number two with Dawn, and then an LGBTQ school shooter in Iowa. Are we surprised that we found out the identity of the shooter so quickly? We'll delve into that. Hour two next on Kale & Company. Start your day with Kale & Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Friday morning, hour two underway here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Nick Kale, and Greg Stocker. As we head till 10 o'clock this morning, what's on the cut sheet coming up 745. Good stuff so far on the Nikki Haley front, as well as the Jeffrey Epstein documents that were released. Second batch coming out last night. We'll get to Iowa here in a couple of minutes. And also, what's going on with New Jersey and California. Something in common that we'll have a conversation about. But before we get to all of that, let's get to the news. Uh, We had tragedy in the first hour. Let's find out what else is going on. For that, we give you the great Don Stensland. Thanks, Nick. Good morning. This is Kale & Company News Live on this Friday, January the 5th. We know that from Philadelphia Police, they're investigating a double shooting that happened in Olney. Teenager hurt after that double shooting. And uh, the shooting happened, by the way, just after 7.30 at night. One of the victims, a man in his early 20s, shot once in the neck, according to police. The other victim, a 15-year-old boy shot in his shoulder and his leg as well. Both of those victims taken to a nearby hospital, listed in stable condition this morning. We have no arrests, no weapons found at the scene, and we don't have any word as to the motive. Was this gang drug-related? Were these intended victims? We we don't have any further information on that one. So uh, that one, that's one of the latest shootings happening in Philadelphia and then, of course, this horrible story, which the video has gone viral. We talked about it in the 6 a.m. news, but just a horrible, horrible video and a horrible sight for SEPTA commuters in the, um, you know, early 
part of the commute last night on a SEPTA platform where a man was shoved. There was a scuffle. The man was shoved off of that train platform, pushed oh. to his death. Or we're showing the video right now on okay. YouTube. Yes. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Good job, boys. Uh, YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Yeah, the videos. We didn't put the sound in because it's, it's... Yeah. You should put the sound in. <laughs> Go ahead and put... No, put it in. <laughs> okay. Put the sound in. It's... It's... I mean, the sound is relevant because you hear them once as, give me my money back. There's The two men are scuffling, and you see the one man shove the other man just as the approaching train... Yeah comes and and runs him over the crowd of of people who are presumably you know think of school children think of business people they're waiting on the platform and you hear the screams mm-hmm. of horror uh, i mean of people you know maybe 12 20 feet away witnessing this yeah. happening I, I i know it's always easy to you know monday morning quarterback this and armchair quarterback it and watch it and say what you would have done in that moment but it looks like the guy that ultimately tragically loses his life, and I'm not defending you know the guy that died by any stretch, he's got his hand up on the killer's chest with the shirt. And there's, I mean, if you look at it, he's got to be no more than what, three or four feet from the edge of the mm-hmm. platform? Yeah. I, I, like, I, I get it. It's easy to sit here and say it now after the fact, but it's like, man, you got to stay away from those edges. Yeah. Hey, I'm just watching. Like he takes one step back, he gets hit, he falls off, he's dead. It's like you just you can't put yourself in that situation, right? Uh, and again, I'm not defending the guy by any stretch, but and I don't know how far over to the right, how much more room he would have, or if there's benches there. I, I don't know the because I've never been down there, so I don't I don't know the the setup and the dynamic of the layout. But it's just, I mean, one punch, he backpedals, slips, and then boom, he's gone. It's awful. I I just think for anybody take you know if you're if you were on that platform, and you think to yourself, wow, what if that guy shoved me off the side? Yeah. And and so you th- and that has happened, and we saw that one in New York and the subway. So I, to me, I think this is just who's who's the person filming this, by the way, and why like random. Okay. Well, I think the person is because people feel like sometimes they feel helpless. Well, they are. And so they feel like they want to capture what's happening. And so on this one, it just so happened. What, what, they're what, fighting. Have, what have we seen in New York City? Mm-hmm. Remember the subway guy, the, the former yeah. Marine that choked out that guy? If you mm-hmm. intervene and go after the criminal, you're the one who yeah. goes to jail. Krasner's going to go after you. Correct. And That's the culture we have created with this lawless uh, you know, destruction of our criminal justice system. And... By the way, if you went in as a good Samaritan and even tried to break that up, because if you take set, you know, if you're a commuter every single day, according to uh, Mar- Sergeant Mark Fuzetti and others on social media, these two guys, they're they're here. I mean, you see them every day. They sleep on the train. They kind of live on the trains. They appear to be homeless individuals. That's according to all the witnesses. My issue is with the filming is that like, the person who's filming, just like you can see the... Phil, if you can go back, like you can see, I guess it's a her. I'm not sure, but you can see the leg just kind of sit there, and it's just she, like there doesn't seem to be any sort of reaction to the fact that this person just got run over. That's because we've become by a subway train immune to it. Well, I think they're shocked too. It's it is. Are I they mean, though? Because I, people I are. You hear the. Sc- I mean, look, people look, are screaming. Yeah. I, and, oh my god! You know, people are. 
That was the audio that I was referencing, yeah, by the yeah. way, not the audio <clears throat> of the yeah. guy being crushed, crushed. to death. Yeah. Right. It's awful. Yeah, it is. But the, the reaction, I mean, people are screeching and, and horrified. Yeah. It's, no? You don't think they are? No, I just, no I, I just feel like we've become numb to this stuff. I, I, do, I, do, I do think there is some numbness to this. Yeah. I mean, every, every day we see in these cities these fights, and the first reaction is to get pull out your phone, mm. your phone and film it. Yep. That, that's, I agree. And it's, it, I think it's in part because of the criminal justice system, and it's also because you see it more and more frequently, so you're like, well, I'm not going to intervene, and I'm used to this, so maybe I can uh, post this on my TikTok, and I'll get two million views. Yeah, look, I'm not saying that I would have done anything different because I'm I'm a giant coward at heart. Uh, well, but, same here. But I, I, I don't know. I just feel like we kind of just all look at this stuff and be like, okay, the guy got crushed by a subway train. But it, the, the truth is, if that person had not captured that video, would we be talking about it? No, and all not, the media no. is. Yeah. So it, it's record. It's actually it's actually um, it's recording mm-hmm. what happened there. Yeah. Which which forces everybody to look at it, and will probably force now because people are talking. Commuters are complaining, yeah. and they're on there every day. Well, and let's let's talk about what we just discussed yesterday on the show with Sherelle Parker. She's going to be tough on crime, state of emergency in the city. Well, how about you clean up your your subways as well? Because we've seen that mayors in big blue cities, when they want to clean things up, they can, right? Super Bowl in Los Angeles a few years ago, L.A. cleaned everything up. Garcetti wiped out all the trash. San Francisco in the Bay Area, G comes over, (laughs) they sanitize everything. Sherelle Parker, why don't you get down there and just gut that entire septa system and clean it up and get the trash off of the street? Well, nobody has dealt with the septa crime, and that's why Pennsylvania Republicans created, and I know we talked about this before Christmas break, but in other words, that's why Pennsylvania Republicans basically you know, castigated Krasner um, in the sense that they want to have a special prosecutor now in position to try to prosecute and deal with some of these crimes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the talking point in the local media and the talking point of Krasner and all of it and his supporters was, oh, this is they're trying to usurp the power of an elected official here in Philadelphia. It's racist. was <laughs> one of the things. No, they're trying. They're actually the, the legislature in Pennsylvania is trying to deal with exactly what you just stated, Nick. But when, if you, if you were to just watch the media, you would think, oh, well, gee, that's terrible. Those Pennsylvania, those Pennsylvania lawmakers who aren't even from here, why are they trying to take power from Krasner? You know why? Because of what happened last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, so it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm actually thankful to people who record this stuff and, and put it out there because, you know, we wouldn't even know about it. I know. Uh, by the way, I'm, I would just want to give you a heads up. There was this crash that had shut down I-95 for hours this morning, um, causing a horrible morning commute for so many of you. So this happened early this morning, I-95 between exit four, and that meant the Commodore Barry Bridge, you couldn't access it. This huge delay, they've just reopened within, I, I think like the last, I think the last 10 minutes or so, they've reopened I-95. I don't know the backups. I usually don't give traffic, but... I, I just thought I would mention they're just saying that it, it has just reopened. Okay. Um, we also have Joe Biden. Heads up. Joe Biden will travel um, to. Well, he's going to be at Montgomery County Community. He's going to community college. So he's actually going to be at Monco Community College? That's MCC, yeah. Okay. 
my whole neighborhood has just been destroyed. Yep. Thanks a lot, Joe. Yep. You know, I was looking forward to my weekend and my Friday. Now I'm going to have to just rush. To, I, I guess I'm assuming because I mean we I get out of here at nine fifty five. I'm I'm on the, the six seventy six by ten o two. I'm assuming that my whole trip home is just going to be an unmitigated disaster. Poor guy. I'm going to have to listen to. I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I might just stick around for the Dawn Show and the Dom Show. It might be easier <laughs> for me to go home at three o'clock today. I yeah. I mean that's why they can't. They've had to cancel schools on a lot of. A lot of people in the, for example, the Wissahickon the Wissah- Valley School District, a lot of these parents are scrambling to find childcare because they're, this was a last minute change yeah. because of the <clears throat> one inch of snow that's happening tomorrow and some, some rain. Yeah. So they were supposed to do this tomorrow, of course, on January 6th on the high holiday. Yeah. The national holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget J6. So, uh, so they, they quickly reverted it, you know, just cha- switched it around to today. Wissahickon Valley School District saying schools are getting out at 11 a.m. Okay. So they can get all the kiddies home. So I presume that if they're letting them out at 11, the buses can get the kids home by noon. Yeah. But I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be okay as long as you're home by noon. I'm just thinking, I mean, if you live or if you've ever been in that area in Montgomery County and Bluebell, that mm-hmm. intersection with DeKalb Pike, Skipback Pike. Yep. Like if you're, it's basically, it's like four pikes. You got Germantown Pike, Butler Pike, DeKalb, and Skipback. That area is a madhouse during rush hour and during school let-out hours. I can't imagine what it's going to be like heading up the... If you head up the Cal Pike towards Montgomery County Community College, it's going to be great. I mean, it's just going to be... It might be a two-mile backup. I'm, I'm preparing my... Oh, I'm, yeah. You know what? A dry January could end today for me. <laughs> I might have to stop off at the liquor store if it gets, <laughs> oh, if no. it gets crazy. No, there. the thing is that it'll be shut down. So that that's the bottom line. It's just going to they shut it down. That motorcade ha, motorcade has to go through. I have to borrow the Odyssey helicopter to get home. Ooh, that be we have a we have a chopper. Yeah, <laughs> see if Yagiroff will let me borrow it. <laughs> Greg laughed. Um, other news of the day, by the way, TGI Fridays shutters. I know many restaurants across our region, dozens um, dozens throughout the United States, but but the Philadelphia region, surrounding suburbs, New Jersey. Tough economy, I guess, for TGI Friday, shuttering restaurants across New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Well, you see what happens when Alan Iverson retires? TGI <laughs> Fridays goes out of That's business. Right. Um, and um, so, well, and I know you're going to talk about this as far as New Jersey in that one of those U-Haul studies. Yeah. New Jersey making big news and big headlines as more people are moving out of New Jersey. Weekend storm. One of the headlines for this storm, by the way, is, oh, we're going to get up to 10 inches of snow. But the deal is we in Philadelphia are not getting 10 inches of snow. So here's what I'll say today. 40 degrees, bright, sunny skies. Tomorrow, the high is 40. Sunday, the high is 39. And then next week, we're into the 50s, by the way. So the deal is when does this thing hit? And then you look at that line. So the the suburbs, as far as, let's say, Bucks County, Chester County, parts of Bucks, parks, parts of Chester, northwest parts of Montgomery, could see three inches, they're saying. But then look at the line as you, as you move out. If you look at one of those maps, in other words, then it moves to Lehigh County, nine, ten inches. So if that thing, if they're wrong and it just moves over a little bit to the right, we could get walloped. Oh boy! So I'll just I'll just put that out there. Okay. And then my question is, and I still don't have the answer to it. What does this mean for our Eagles? Eagles playing the Giants? You know, 
It means We're not, not at home, obviously. It means nothing. It means that they're, they might play in snow and they may play in rain. They might yeah. play. It doesn't matter. So they're going to play in some precipitation. It means yeah. nothing because their season's over. <laughs> okay. I know. The giant season, yes, is over. Yes. The and Eagles, then the Eagles season will last for one more week after this. You, I, you're unbelievable. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, no, it's like Nikki Haley no. and the Eagles. I'm done with both I, I, of them. I cannot, I'm on to the Sixers. I cannot believe. Trust the process. I cannot believe you're saying that. I'm out. That is unbelievable to Look, me. Look, well, I told you, when I'm out on somebody, I let you know. And it, it, sometimes I'm a little bit late to the party, but better late than never. They're, they're a fraudulent 11-5 and five team, Greg. That's, that you're, is... you're, you're so, so far off the mark on this, buddy. Fraudulent. You are. You know sports better than I do. I'm it's, not, no, I'm, it's, I'm not, it's not about that. that. It's just, not, just, just my gut feeling. It's redemption weekend for our little... So we. So what is it? We have to win. Cowboys have to lose to yeah, the Commanders. Yeah, something like that. The, yeah, it's 49ers. Soccer's 49ers with the team. Soccer's 49ers. Ah, it might be my 49ers now. You bet them last time, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, I might ride with Brock Purdy for the rest of the year. Make some money. But Eagles are going to win. They Cowboys are, are going to lose. And then we win... Yeah. We'd win the division. There you go. And then what? And then, and then, then we've kept hope yeah. alive. Yeah. And then we host a we host a play we host a playoff game and then get beat by San Francisco. The the, the end of the road is near. Would you just, stop with your team? Yeah, yeah, it's just this stop. is this is this is ridiculous. All right, well. It's ridiculous. How dare you? It's a shame I'm not down the hall. I'd be ranting and raving about that for four hours <laughs> right now. So it's, it's over. It's uh by the way, it's MetLife Stadium. 4.25 p.m. Sunday, and it's, uh, it'll be on CBS 3. Yeah. So the worst thing that could happen, though, is if this storm somehow knocks out power. Then what do we do? Well, you just listen to Meryl and Mike on the radio. Well, that's true, which is why I keep AM radio alive. Damn right. It'll be somewhere on AM radio. Ted Cruz and Ed Markey <laughs> fighting the good fight. <laughs> All right, we have to break. Kale and Company needs left. All right, seven sixteen. Thank you very much, Don. Coming up next, we have to get to this Iowa school shooter yesterday. Uh, this was a very, very big story, and then also New Jersey, California, U-Hauls, mass exoduses. We'll get to that as we continue. Kale and Company Talk Radio twelve ten WPHD. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio twelve ten WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. It is Kale and Company. What's on the cut sheet? Coming up in just about 22 minutes, Nick Dawn and Greg, 855-839-1210. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Sadly, yesterday, another awful school shooting, this one occurring in Iowa. And this is not about uh, you know peddling fear because we have certainly talked about these school shootings in the past and how rare they are. Um, so this is not one of these stories where it's like, oh, my God, they're happening every single day. And you know, we've kind of debunked that with all the statistics in the past. Uh, but this is another tragedy yesterday as Perry High School shooter, and I'll only say the name one time just because it is the first time we are talking about this, and one of my quote-unquote rules of thumb is that I don't like to glorify these shooters, give them any attention, uh, so we'll mention it one time, and then we'll talk about kind of the un- underlying themes here. But Dylan Butler, who was a senior at Perry High School, uh, kills a sixth grader and injures four other students and the principal before turning the gun on himself and leaving behind 
an explosive device. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail. Dylan Butler, senior at Perry High School, was named as the gunman. One of the five people that were injured was the school's principal. His name is Dan Marburger, who was ultimately rushed to the hospital and is currently, uh, as of 642 last night, in surgery for gunshot wounds. Uh, Butler killed a sixth grader during his rampage at the Iowa school on Thursday. And I was very surprised that not only did they identify the shooter so quickly, but they were able to show basically his whole social media presence. And this individual uh, is a part of the LGBTQ community. Apparently, he uh, self-identified as trans um, or excuse me, gender fluid for whatever that's worth and whatever that means. Um, I do want to play you the TikTok video. Uh, there's a little bit of audio with this, uh, but you will also see uh, it's about a 25-second video, uh, and this was the shooter, and we can have a little bit of a conversation on this. Uh, this was Dylan Butler's uh, TikTok video, which I think highlights multiple mental health issues. Take a listen and watch this. Why are you wearing a girl's purse? It's a Louis Vuitton backpack and it's unisex. Question, does the devil wear... Why are you wearing... Got some, like, Planet of the Apes facial change mutation in this TikTok video. All sorts of random searches that he's, like, video recording on his phone. His TikTok feed uh, clearly showed that this guy had a lot of issues. I, I have said for a long time that if you have the thought, much less the urge or follow through with the actions of a mass shooting, you have mental health issues to me, and we don't need to get into it for a 27,000th time, but I think this is a mental health issue. I don't think this is a gun access issue because I think responsible, non-mentally ill individuals that have access to firearms don't do things like this. Uh, but this guy was also, um, I'll just categorize it as a member of the LGBTQ community. So, Don and Greg, I'm a little surprised that we found out the identity because if you recall, the Nashville school shooter, uh, Audrey Hale, we waited months and months and months to find out, you know, the manifesto and things like that. Yet here in this situation, the details were released. So my only question is, because this is a community that the mainstream media and the left loves to protect and always says they are the ones under attack. How quickly does this story disappear from the mainstream media? If, in fact, mainstream media has covered it at all. I, I saw it on Fox. I saw it on Daily Mail. Um, I have no idea what lengths to which CNN or MSNBC or the mainstream outlets have covered this. But my guess is... This story disappears from mainstream media probably by the end of the weekend would be my guess. Yeah. And, you know, the White House, of course, the usual, the uh, KJP, Green Jean-Pierre saying we have to do something. We can't allow these tragedies continue and bl- blaming along with other uh, Democrats and leaders and the mainstream media talking about the epidemic of gun violence. Yeah. The problem is the guns. The problem is always the guns. It's never the mental health that leads you to do things like this. The other thing that's frustrating about it is 
when it's somebody that the left loves to highlight as a true threat to society in the world that we live in in media slants and coverage it's oh it's an angry white guy well from what i gather from what i can see on tiktok dylan butler and i said his name again my fault uh but this individual was a white man even though he said he was gender fluid um I would say that this individual, as a white man, obviously had anger issues. So if we're going to be fair about it, then let's start saying just because this person was a part of the LGBTQ community, this person was awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. The post-nasal drip again. Uh, this individual was clearly an angry, deranged, mentally disturbed white person. So you can't pick and choose selectively when you want to apply it to one community and then say it's a gun issue when it happens for the same demographic because this was a white man. so And brought a pump-action shotgun as well as a handgun to school. Right, which is illegal for a 17-year-old <clears throat> to have yeah, which, in Iowa. So, you know, it's, it's, a small, it's a smaller town. It's about 40 minutes outside Des Moines. I know that the uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was supposed to be in Perry, and instead, so they... This this was happening during my show yesterday. Mid, you know that we were learning more about it. And they had a live news conference because it happened seven thirty in the morning. So this kid came to school early, yep. and obviously knew that his target seems to be the school official. Um, so that that appears to be the intended target. By the way, one of at least one of those other five victims who survived is in critical condition this morning. Okay. But um, but I will say, you know, this, this had to be planned. This person came to school because I think school starts at eight. Yeah. And and this kid got there at seven thirty in the morning. By the way, when are we going to ha- start having a conversation about psychotropic drugs? That's all I'm saying. These antidepressants that every freaking kid is on. Yeah. And how big pharma and doctors over prescribe kids because over medicate over medicate and side effects that they have. I want to have that conversation. Is you know, was I'm, was this individual? I have no, I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I didn't know if that was maybe no. in the story. No, it's not. I, okay. I just, I, I have no idea anything about this kid. All I'm saying is, is that we over medicate our 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 children because we don't want to deal with them, mm-hmm. or we think that they have mental issues or whatever, and uh, and we don't know what the side effects of a lot of these drugs are. Yeah. And I think if you actually do some research and look and go back and see some of the, you know. Uh, the people who perpetrated these these horrific acts, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them are mentally ill and are were probably on some of these uh, yeah. psychotropic There's drugs. There's usually a lot of warning signs. Specifically with this individual, they say in this story that in December, just weeks before the shooting, Butler posted another video on the same social media account of him sitting on a children's playground equipment with a friend pretending mm-hmm. to be in a gunfight using sticks. Now... I, I don't know if that, that means necessarily a red flag that you're actually going to shoot up a school because you're in a pretend gunfight. But then again, at 17 years old, I don't I don't know many 17 year olds that are using sticks in a pretend gunfight. I mean, that's something I would think that a seven year old does. But um, whether or not that's a red flag, that's up for everybody else to debate and discuss. All I'm saying is is that it, take two stories and you're going to all laugh at me for linking them together. But I think it's it really shows our society is that in you had a story about that uh, that uh, that airplane that caught fire uh, in was it Japan? Japan? Yeah, Tokyo. Three hundred and seventy nine people on board. Every single one of them got out. You saw that that plane; it was engulfed. 
and everybody commented on how orderly that uh, everybody kind of stayed in their seats, stayed calm, got up. And what like that that would have never happened in the United States. Oh, no shot. And and, you know, you see, I don't know if it's a culture thing or what, but you see that. And then you see our kids that run around who we can't control them. So like, like yeah. just dope them up. Pan- just keep doping them up. Yeah, the panic and hysteria. And and and, you know, you look at the difference there and it's it 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 really is a cultural difference yeah. between the way we raise our kids here in America. It's and, different temperaments. Yes. I, Exactly. No doubt about it. Yeah. 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in on the conversation. Coming up next, Gavin Newsom, Phil Murphy with Something in Common. The details next on Kale & Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. The final week of the NFL regular season is here. Whew, I can't believe it. There's time going. Uh, I'm on the Eagles minus five and a half against the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. This Sunday, the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. In partnership with Valley Fortress Casino, it's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So put 5 bucks down on the Eagles to win over the Giants. Tally. 5 bucks down, you can win 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg, and make your first bet right now. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1210 WPHD and the NFL. 21 and over, President PA, first online, real money, wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issues is not withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms Sportsbook at FanDuel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Very fitting that we come back to this. Welcome back in, Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Nick Dawn and Greg, what's on the cut sheet coming up 745 this morning. But Phil Murphy and Gavin Newsom with a lot in common. As we get into this conversation right now, I know, Don, you sent this story to us yesterday, I think after we got off the air, as uh, a study finds that New Jersey was the most moved from state in 2023. This courtesy of New Jersey uh, News 12. A new study has found that New Jersey is once again the most moved from state for the sixth consecutive year. The study was conducted by United Van Lines, and the study found that 65% of the total moves that were happening in New Jersey were leaving the state of New Jersey in 2023. And the study found that the reasons for the moves included retirement, lifestyle changes, and the cost of living. A uh, very interesting breakdown. Uh, and then if you go to unitedvanlines.com, you can see the actual national study uh, as, yes, New Jersey led the way at 65%. Uh, the top outbound states, New Jersey at number one, Illinois number two, North Dakota three, New York four, Michigan five, California at six, Massachusetts seven, and Kansas number eight. Little surprised Pennsylvania was not in the top eight, uh, but the top inbound states in 2023, surprisingly, at least to me, Vermont number one, um, Washington D.C. came in at number two, even though technically it's not a state. Uh, South Carolina three, Arkansas four, Rhode Island, North Carolina, South Dakota, Alabama, New Mexico, and West Virginia. 
I got to be honest, you know, when we look at certain polls and I sit there and I see, okay, so-and-so has uh, uh, 79% negative reaction. My counter is like, I would would love to meet the individual or the group of people in the 21% that approve of so-and-so. So I guess my question would be, why do I, why does anybody actually move to New Jersey to begin with in the first place? I understand why you get the heck out. Um, and I'm not trying to knock New Jersey because I know we have plenty of listeners in the Jersey area. Um, I just don't find New Jersey very compelling to live in. Oh, we, we have for years. So we owned a, we owned a place in Ocean City for years and years, but shore's different. Yeah. But I mean, we, that was like our plan to at some point downsize and just have a place, have a place at the Jersey shore mm-hmm. or somewhere, you know, in South Jersey and then maybe Ocean City area, Strathmere, and then have a place in like Naples, Florida. And that, that was like our long-term goal. And, and then you got into radio. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then something drastically changed. TV days, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, so the, the truth is that, that I wish if looking back that um, I would have bought, in, you know, on the Delaware beaches because now those places, that's what everybody did because Delaware still is so affordable, mm-hmm. you know, for a place of retirement. Yeah. But at this point, New Jersey, it's just not livable with all the taxes and, and the structure. And I mean, the, the joke is some of the New York stations were reporting on this and then they were saying, and the weather is uh, probably a big factor in here. It's like, yeah, the, the, you know, <laughs> look across the country. I mean, yeah, do people want to go to a sunny place like Florida or yeah. Arizona? Okay, but the truth is that I think New Jersey is very desirable, and especially because of its proximity. So if you if you love to go, you know, to be in between, let's say, you know, on the East Coast, New York, it's close to D.C. Yeah, you know, it's it's um. So I so me, where, where, I love where, New Jersey. Where were you considering Delaware? Because I feel I, I've mentioned on the show in the past that my my wife's aunt and uncle have a place in Rehoboth, mm-hmm. and you know that's a very um yeah. cute little town. Yes, is the way people exactly characterize it very cute little town yeah and it's but the and those places even 10 years ago were there there was a lot available and they were really affordable now right i mean i think a lot of people were smart mm-hmm. to get to get in on places like rehoboth because it's it's beautiful it was really cheap mm-hmm. relatively you know speaking and um now obviously the supply and demand issues have made it so that those places cost a fortune but i you know i think that the issue here is the economy and for retirees also freaked out about their investments shrinking and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I think that that's all a part of it with New Jersey. Also with California, they lead the country once again in outgoing U-Hauls. Uh, reading this one from uh, Outkick.com, they say the following, people from around the country flock to the spectacular weather, natural beauty, recreational opportunities, and thriving industries, but that was before it became a one-party state, and with that one party dead set on driving as many people away as possible for several years now, California has ranked near the top of the leaderboard in population loss, thanks in large part to Gavin Newsom and his overreach during the COVID pandemic. While an influx of domestic arrivals to Texas and Florida have added millions of new residents to those states, California from 2020 to 2023 has seen its population fall for the first time in state history. And based on a new report, that trend is set to continue yet again in 2024 as U-Haul released their annual list of states 
with the most one-way outgoing truck rentals. And sure enough, California took the top spot for the third consecutive year. Texas, by contrast, had the most incoming one-way truck rentals from U-Haul. You know, it's amazing as you think about this. And, you know, we're talking about what the future of the Democrats look like with potential presidential candidates. We've obviously seen plenty and heard plenty of Gavin Newsom. You know, we've discussed Josh Shapiro. We've discussed Phil Murphy. It's wild to me that all of these um, metrics and different studies and surveys and polls show that people are leaving blue cities, people are leaving blue states, they're getting out of California, New York, New Jersey, you name it, going to whether it's Texas or Florida or Arizona or Nevada or the Carolinas, uh, Alabama. You go on down the list, and yet we it seems like just, I mean, I'm just making a general blanket statement here, that we're almost destined to have democratic presidents for the next handful of years and a lot of that's pushed on by the the left wing and the national media i mean my god they were trying to prop up fetterman for god's sakes before he even you know uh, started as his official uh, freshman term as a senator yet and this is the other thing that has blown me away and i know don you've lived in the south as well people leave big blue cities and states for red places in the south and i will never wrap my head around like they literally tell you i can't take the city anymore i can't take the crime the cost of living and then they go to what they believe is a better destination which i agree with and i i endorse i mean i lived in tennessee for four and a half years i loved it and then they still go there and they vote for democrats i don't get that that's like the literally the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results and these people leave these places and that's why we are seeing certain traditionally red states start to shade purple or dare i say even shift blue i uh, austin texas charlotte north carolina nashville tennessee a lot of these cities that are you know now hotbeds for relocation and they get a lot of the northeastern people and they go down there and they vote democrat still i don't get it but then again i don't get a lot of things all right, 746. I can't make sense of some of these people. I really can't. It just drives me insane. Um, but then again, I'm the idiot that came back to Pennsylvania, so it's probably a me problem. But I think, you know, when you look at the list of, you know, that list for people moving out of states, and then you think that number one, New Jersey, number two, Illinois, and and look at Murphy, look at Pritzker, look at the number one and number two, and the overwhelming situation where people are moving out of those states it's more than just, let's say, weather. Right, because the it's, weather's always been good there. It's, it's, right? The weather's is hasn't really changed. And so I think, and this is over six years, so you can't blame just pandemic policies, right? So I think that you have to look at these progressive, horrible governors. You look at the cost of living. You look at the economy. You look at the policies. But I will also say this, that New Jersey is always rated as you know, number one for education, and I do think there's a piece of this where my question is, you know, are parents feeling with some of these policies where the where the government in New Jersey believes that they can come in between you and your child? I think that is very highly unpopular for parents and grandparents. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And they and so I think that's that's a piece of this here. All right. 747 Friday morning. Let's get to a Greg Stocker led what's on the cut sheet. What's on the cut sheet? Yeah. 
fair. All week they've been Greg Stalker led. That's true. I came up with. Yeah, I wrote the entire script. You just were not the for, maestro for two of for these every, days. For every for every single one of them, I just couldn't participate because. Right. Yeah, the mumps. <laughs> I mean the measles. What's on the country? You know this Friday is brought to you by your good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. Now is a great time to go because they need to clear their lot. They're undergoing a state of the art. Renovation and need to make room for construction vehicles. Take advantage of incredible sale and lease options today. Check them out on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. We love New Jersey for Cherry Hill Volvo. Right across the bridge there. Cherry Hill Volvo. Tell them you heard about them on 1210 WPG. Okay, uh, we mentioned this earlier. We talked at about 630 at length a little bit about the new um, Jeffrey Epstein documents that were released yesterday. They've been coming out in dribs and drabs. Yesterday, last night actually at 6 o'clock, Tucker Carlson on X released a episode 59. Uh, but this time it was with Jeffrey Epstein's only living brother. Uh, only living relative, I guess, mm-hmm. Mark, Mark Epstein, uh, who refused to be on camera. That's correct. Uh, so all you hear is his voice and uh, Tucker with his um, <laughs> inquisitive look. <laughs> he always looks flummoxed, doesn't oh, God, he? Yeah. <laughs> um, and a weird, where, where is Tucker? It's like a weird white curtain background. I know. I know. I was surprised they didn't have, like, you know sometimes when they want to hide the identity of an interviewer yeah. or the yeah. interviewee, they have, like, just a silhouette, and it's like the face is, like, kind of shadowed they out. They should have done that. They didn't even show uh, no. Mark Epstein. On he obviously did not want even his image. He yeah. wanted, So he's, par- well, he's, he's worried about he's, his safety. He's scared for his safety mm-hmm. because the majority of this interview, it's, 20, it's about 25 minutes, the majority of this interview is about how uh, the... <laughs> Nobody really believes that uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, hanged himself, killed himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the bigger question is why the United States government, because Bill Barr is involved in this, in my opinion, uh, why the United States government just kind of took all of this at face value and said, well, he hung himself and now we're... Case closed. Case closed. We're done with that. So... Uh, the part that I found the most interesting in this um, was the was Bill Barr's alleged in what they think cover up of this um, and how he just took everything at face value. Why did he do that? Uh, this is cut 13. Phil, go. So what's interesting is that the attorney general of the United States at the time, Attorney General Barr, uh, said publicly and then wrote in his memoir that he had concluded conclusively that this was a suicide based on two pieces of evidence. One, the medical examiner, the, the person who performed the autopsy declared it a suicide, which is a lie. That didn't happen. And two, because he had viewed the videotape at the entrance to the tier, to the cell block where your brother was being held. What do you make of that explanation? Well, when, when I heard Barr's statement that he said he personally saw the videotape and he concluded it was a suicide because nobody went in or out, I, that's when it hit me that he's covering this up because there's two sort of fallacies in that. One, I thought, why is the Attorney General of the United States, who I imagine to be a busy guy, why is he personally watching the videotape? Couldn't he have two people in his office watch the videotape and say, hey, Bill, nobody went in or out? You know, wouldn't that suffice? And two, to assume that somebody could get to that door, go inside, 
you know, kill somebody, get out completely undetected is just ridiculous because I believe there are six levels of security right. before you get to that door. So to assume that somebody could do it that way is crazy. And any third rate investigator will tell you that, you know, there was anywhere from seven to 14 people on the other side of that door on the tier that could have killed somebody. Right. And I had been told from another source, I've been getting a lot of information from all sources, that cell doors were left unlocked that night. I don't know how many cell doors or whose cell doors, but if, if cell doors were left unlocked, then somebody could have went into Jeff's cell, killed him, went back into their cell, undetected. Now, in the Justice Department uh, report, it says that from three cells, you could see Jeff's cell door. But if you look at the photographs of the tier, there's tiny windows in the cell doors. So in order to see Jeff's cell door from another cell, you'd have to be standing at that window inside the other cells in the middle of the night looking towards Jeff's cell. And if somebody crept low beneath the height of that window, you wouldn't see them. So the fact that, you know, to say that he could be seen from three other cells and they didn't see anything, well, chances are the other prisoners were sleeping in those cells if they had nothing to do with it. So again, it, it, it's just like a cover-up line. To me, it obviously is a cover-up, in my personal opinion, and there's so many different things that they broke the normal protocol for, mm -hmm. and one of them is the way they respond to somebody, because I, he goes on to say in another clip, because I, I watched the full thing last night, one of the unwritten rules in prison is that nobody dies in prison. They don't want to have that on them. So... He was presumed dead for at least two hours when they found him, yet they, when they brought him out, you know, kind of on the gurney, they did like the whole intubation thing, which you wouldn't do if somebody's been dead for over two hours. Like, what are you trying to do here? And then they, apparently they cut him out of his prison um, jumpsuit or whatever, you know, uh, apparel and clothing you're wearing in there. And put him in another outfit. Hospital garb. Hospital garb. And like, yep. you see, they're usually a, a hospital garb with a gown that wraps up in yep. the back yep. or a sheet. So mm -hmm. there's so many things here that just smell beyond belief. I mean, nobody, look, I think if you ask anybody, nobody thinks that he killed himself. No. The question we all have is why people, the United States government included, went to such great lengths to cover it up. I mean, is it as simple as saying to silence the guy that could squeal and could talk yep. when he goes to court and has his day? Which also doesn't it doesn't add up because apparently, and you'll hear, well, you would hear if you hear the whole video, the full twenty five minutes. His brother said he had a um, a bail hearing, an appeal coming up. He had immunity, which is which is this that was the like he it he had immunity and he didn't think that he was going to be charged for any of this so he he came back to the country or whatever from paris and and showed up and they arrested him yep so you know th that there's 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 that as well not i'm not saying he shouldn't have been arrested he absolutely should have but yeah. but it, it it's interesting to me how this all kind of played out right it, yeah and and also um his brother goes on to say because when you when you look at the video there with that tier with the cell so there's seven total cells and each cell can hold one to two individuals so outside of Jeffrey Epstein himself 
there was presumably anywhere from six to 13 other individuals. And he's been trying to find out the identities, the brother here, who was also on yeah. that tier. Because if the, if the cell doors were left unlocked that night, then presumably, and if nobody else went in or out the six different levels of security to get there, yep. one of those six to 13 individuals went in there yep. and strangled him or whatever they did, broke his neck. Yep. Allegedly. I- this whole Allegedly. thing is just, it is, there's so many unanswered questions to it, and it's just, it's, they've, uh, a lot of people have gone to great lengths to to cover the story up and bury the story, and did you guys play yesterday, Amy Robach? Yeah. yeah, the 2019. Just how ABC didn't, and look, you can you can look at it from one way as, look, look ABC didn't want to get sued. You know what I mean? Like if there wasn't credible evidence to this, you know, you were you were naming very high high profile people. That that could be their excuse. Mm-hmm. The skeptic in me is just like, no, 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 well, we don't want to unlock this. Well, to to your point, a very high powered people. Anthony just handed me during uh, the last segment uh, from the New York Post a story with the headline that says Bill Clinton. Nobody more high powered and high named than that when we talk about Epstein. Bill Clinton allegedly stormed into a Vanity Fair newsroom and threatened the outlet to not run the sex trafficking stories against, quote, good friend Jeffrey Epstein. That according to new documents as well. So you have a lot of people that were making threats and power plays and a lot of people that were like, boy, you know what? Do we go with this? Should we run with this? Because then all of a sudden your safety comes into question. Let me ask you guys a question. I know we are obsessed with this, and I know the internet and Twitter and social media is obsessed with this. Do you think the do you think the majority of people know or care that this yes, much about this? Do I you? do. I think this is like a seller for Netflix. I think if there's you know streaming services that do ten part documentaries on this, I think I think the Jeffrey Epstein Epstein Island general story is it, it maybe it's not apples to apples. But I, like the O.J. Simpson case, I think there's just high-profile things that Americans are fascinated by. Um, it may be fascinated is the wrong word because the reality is, and we're doing it, and I've criticized others, like we're burying the fact that there were victims here that were minors that had their lives ruined by this pedophile creep. But I think Americans are attracted to the gore. What do we always see on the turnpike when there's an accident or a skookle? Rubber Tra- yeah, because everybody's fascinated by looking at what happened. Yeah, I, I do. I think a lot of Americans are intrigued by this type of stuff. Yeah, I. I mean, if Netflix would drop a new series on this, like a five parter, I'd watch it. Part of me agrees with you, and you know, seeing the streaming uh, numbers over the last couple of days for the show, people are obviously interested because we we've talked about it. You guys have talked about it a lot. Um, I ju- I don't know how much this resonates with a. I don't want to say normal, but the average everyday person. I think the story of somebody who, first of all, how did this college dropout who, you know, weaseled his way into the life of somebody like Les Wexner worth nearly $6 billion, Ohio, um, you know, Victoria's Secret and biggity big businessman Wexner. How did, how did Jeffrey Epstein end up? as a billionaire with one of the biggest mansions, for example, in Manhattan, mm-hmm. his own private island, his private plane, uh, you know, all these different properties. Uh, how did he end up with all that money? Yeah. How did he, 
get his wealth? And I think that's one of the questions. And, and by the way, people have asked this for years. You know, look at the follow the money trail. Mm-hmm. And that's the point that even those detectives early on in these, you know, human trafficking cases, that that's basically what it was with Epstein. These yeah. It wasn't just pedophilia. It was human trafficking of girls as young as 12 years old. And the, the Miami case that we referenced earlier in the 6 a.m. hour, that that case, which he pleaded out to, was involving a 14-year-old girl. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so how did this guy get his money, and why can't you follow the trail of the money? Because financial records don't lie. Yep. And and so why why not? And that takes us to a whole new level. So who, you know, how was... How was our government complicit high levels of bureaucrats? And were they freaky deaky? Mm-hmm. Were they some of the clients or that were they protecting him? Because we know that, in other words, he was hosting biggity bigs from around the world. Right. And were they being blackmailed? This is an international story. Yes. It, I mean, you th- if you think about it, and again, I'm not saying anybody did anything wrong here, but think of the crossover appeal here. We have politicians involved. Bill Clinton. We have entertainers. Uh, and again, just the court documents, people's names, just the Epstein circle in general. If you're in his stratosphere, Cameron Diaz, Michael Jackson. So it's not just one um, genre. I mean, you know, there's so many different like like tie-ins here to this guy. Wealthy people, the Harvard educated. And there's just something about certain stories. You know, I mentioned O.J. Simpson. Uh, remember, everybody was fascinated by the Natalie Holloway case. There's just some stories out there in American news that the country becomes obsessed with. And I do think Epstein falls into that category. One story America and you, uh, the American people are not obsessed with is uh, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Mustard. <laughs> Ron uh, was uh, hosted a uh, or was the guest of a CNN town hall last night. I must have missed that with uh, with Caitlin Collins. Oh boy, hilarity ensued. <laughs> uh, Des Moines, Iowa. He was there, where I believe he's in third place now. So has Vivek and Chris Christie overtaken him yet in 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 Iowa? Well, I told you in the big take this morning. Nationally, in the GOP polling, uh, Nikki Haley has surpassed uh, DeSantis for second. So. This talk about awkward. He he comes on stage yesterday after being last night, excuse me, after being introduced by Caitlin Collins, and he gives Caitlin Collins a jersey of Iowa's Caitlin Clark. Oh yes, yes, this is a shot at Nikki Haley. Okay, I I didn't understand the tie. Okay, in there. Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the week when you were home uh, with uh, the bubonic plague. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kate, Nikki Haley confused Caitlin Collins of CNN with Iowa basketball player Caitlin Clark. Uh, then it's a brilliant troll move. I just this is I, a troll job. Absolutely, I didn't, I didn't understand where he was going with it. Well, okay. because he's awkward. This is this is cut ten. I'm going to start with this is how uh, the town hall started last night on CNN. You didn't watch it. Nobody did. Uh, this is cut ten. Thank you. Thanks so much. Now. So odd. Great to be back at Grandview. Thanks, CNN. So I heard the other day someone say that Caitlin Collins had some basketball <laughs> skills. Now, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but I know in Iowa they have a Caitlin Clark. So I just wanted to give you this as a memento. And 
And just respectfully, if the game's on the line and we need a buzzer beater, I'm going with Clark over Collins. So. Rest assured, her free throws and her threes are much better than mine, Governor. But thank you so much for that. Thank sure. you. And- All right. Thank you very much, Ron. Now I'm going to fact check you and interrupt you while a producer's in my ear set the whole time tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you see, that's a good troll job by DeSantis. It's a swipe at Nikki Haley. Iowa people know what that's about, obviously, with the girl basketball player, Caitlin, um, uh, Caitlin Clark. And, um, obviously, they, they are aware of Nikki's slip up. It was not a good holiday stretch for Nikki between, um, the, the, Civil, War thing. the Civil War thing and the Iowa thing. But DeSantis is not necessarily an expert in the troll game. Which is why I think it probably comes off a little awkward. Like his smile, like he, you know, he was waiting hours to do that. He thought that was going to be the home run moment. It was more like a base hit. I I want so badly somebody to troll him and go yell, you know, mustard to him. Mustard. <laughs> Send Newman Price out. He'll do it. Um. So he didn't take. Uh, you know, this was he took a lot of shots at uh, Nikki Haley for this because obviously th- that is his uh, top threat right now i would assume uh but he also uh, took some shots at uh at at donald trump saying that the democrats want trump uh, to be the candidate this is cut nine phil go polls and say you want to see what happens on the 15th you just referenced what you believe trump is running on this time you say his own issues and you said before that you don't think he's the same candidate that he was in 2016 what do what should voters in iowa know about what you think a second trump presidency a second trump term would look like if they do pick him over you well so here look we we saw what happened in the midterms in 2022 remember they said that this was going to be a red wave you had a red wave in iowa and florida because governor reynolds led and because i led and we won historic victories Hmm. the rest of the republicans and the senate and house crashed and burned donald trump's candidates hand-picked candidates lost because the democrats have a playbook that they can run it's, it was effective in 2018, it was effective in 2020, 21, 22, and even this year in 2023. So don't repeat that. The Democrats want Trump to be the candidate. They are going to talk about all the legal stuff, January 6th. That will be what the election will be about. You don't want it to be a referendum on Trump and the past. You want it to be a referendum on Biden's failures, on our positive vision for this country. I offer that. And oh, by the way, you need somebody that can serve two terms. Uh, you're going to go in there as a lame duck president, even if you could get elected. I don't think that that's how it works there. We need a change agent in Washington. We need somebody that's going to go in there, actually unwind the bureaucracy, which Trump promised to do and didn't do. We need a president that's going to stop the border invasion by building a wall, which Trump promised to do but didn't do. We also need somebody that's going to be willing to deport illegal aliens. Donald Trump said he would in 2016. He'd have the largest deportation in history. He deported less than Barack Obama did in Obama's first term. I will actually get the job done, and I will hold the Mexican drug cartels accountable for the carnage that they're causing in this country. They are killing tens of thousands of our fellow Americans. Uh, When I'm president, we're going to designate them as foreign terrorist organizations. Donald Trump had an opportunity to do that. He didn't do it. I will. Well, Governor, I'm glad you brought up... 
Well, he is accurate there at the end when he talks about the deportation numbers. Uh, I know, Dawn, you had mentioned this yesterday, that it was true that there was more deported under Obama than Trump. But here's the thing. You're clearly picking up on a new theme, and the new theme for DeSantis in 2024, and he floated... Well, not mustard, no. (laughs) And not ketchup either. Uh, You know, towards the end of 2023, he started saying what I thought the vision for the Democrats was when we started this show in the fall of 2022 was that they were trying to do this to Trump because they believe Trump is the more beatable candidate. I have since come off of that because you look at all the polling numbers and the indictments. To me, they're not trying to indict Trump, to elevate Trump, to get him to be the nominee so they can beat him again. They want him out of the equation. They want him out of the picture completely. So I I disagree with DeSantis there, but that, that to me, no doubt, is going to be his calling card for this calendar year. He's going to repeat that constantly, that the Democrats want Trump so they can utilize the same playbook. I disagree with it. What do you think about him attacking, or not attacking, but using the lame duck presidency as a uh, as, as a tool? As far as the one term? Yeah. Do you think that plays at all? I mean, look... Look, it's an interesting thought. It is, but executive orders. I mean, is in 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 an ideal world, I think everybody, if you're a Trump supporter and a conservative, you want Trump for four and then DeSantis for eight, and you get twelve years of GOP control. But I mean, Trump can undo some stuff with executive orders right from the jump. I mean, would it be great for eight years? Yes, but to act like he can't get things accomplished in four years, especially with having control of the House now in the Republican Party, you're going to have two thirds of the power. So he will be able to get things done. Um, the only other, I just to quickly put, you know, Caitlin Collins, I wish would have pushed back a little bit on DeSantis to say, well, part of the reason that Trump, you know, that that Obama had more people. Um, push back across the the border was because Trump shut down the border amid the pandemic. Right. So that that that's a little misleading for DeSantis to say. It's true. You know what I mean. When the border is completely closed, you it can't was shut down right. because of the pandemic. That's correct. And and Trump did choose to shut it down, and Biden kept it. You know, kept that order in place. You know, when he when he came into office, but then yeah. opened the thing wide open. Right. Do you think now, because you said uh, Trump for four years, DeSantis for eight, uh, do you think he has harmed himself too much now to with the GOP base? No. To- DeSantis? Yeah. I hope not. Okay. Because like I said, look, at the end of the day, even though I'm down on Nikki Haley and I'm out on her, uh, if push comes to shove and it was her versus Biden, I'm still, of course, going to vote for Nikki Haley. I would like to think that when... All this comes and goes and blows over, and it's Trump against Biden, and DeSantis finishes up to uh, you know his second term as governor in Florida. That if he does have visions of running again in 2028, that the MAGA base that feels like DeSantis was disloyal to Trump will rally behind the guy because, well, <laughs> what's your alternative? And ultimately, too, if you're a true rock solid conservative, there's nobody more conservative out there that's running right now than DeSantis. That much we know for sure. Um, by the way, streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Uh, if you're watching right now, please hit the like button. Only at 57 likes. I want to get to 100 likes. And if you have not done so, please hit the subscribe button, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Go there. Now, um, speaking of the border, Brett Bear on his program last night had on Alejandro Mayorkas. 
And <laughs> Brett Bear asked the question that we all want to know is how Kamala Harris, she's the border czar, right? How she has helped keep the border safe. <laughs> Uh, this was Meyer Chris's response. This is cut 11. Go. Last thing. Shortly after taking office, President Biden tapped Vice President Harris to address the root causes of migration. How specifically has the vice president helped in your efforts to keep the border safe? Uh, the vice president has raised more than $3 billion of investments in some of the countries of origin, specifically those in Central America. That is a long-term solution that we remain dedicated to. But in the meantime, we are enforcing vigorously our country's immigration laws and working to fix them in a fundamentally broken system. But you do think it's a crisis now? <laughs> Brett, it is a challenge. No, oh, the other C word. Uh, challenge. I've been addressing wow. vigorously with all of the tools and resources vigorously. that we have been provided. We are asking for more tools and resources, and we are asking Congress to fix a fundamentally broken system. Our, our dedication to this effort is tireless and unrelenting. Mr. Secretary, we appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Mr. Mayorkas, Fox News has put in an interview request for your presence. Well, tell them I'm not going any later into the evening than Brett Bear. If you think I'm going on with Laura or Jesse, there's no shot. So, yeah, give me the softballs from Brett. He's fair and balanced. Now, here's the thing. This is not about money. This is not about resources. This is about enforcing the law and the rules and what you have in place. We just had 302,000 people in the month of December alone. We just heard Joe a few days ago talking about needing more money. It's not a money issue. And, and the Biden administration is just so um, uh, so so casual with how much money they want to just burn through. You have what you need. You have to enforce it. It's not a broken system. The, the, the system seemed to be just fine under Trump. What was the last month of Trump it was 70,000 encounters. Now, times that by four and a half, and you have about, what, 300,000? That's what we just saw last month. No wonder why this guy's being impeached. It's a challenge. No, it's a crisis. You can say it. CNN's putting it up on their graphic on TV now. They use the word crisis. Um, the House, uh, the GOP-led House, is uh, it's, is trying to impeach Mayorkas. Um, he was asked by Brett Baer if he would step down if he was impeached. Uh, this was his answer. This is cut 12. Something Two more that quick is not things. specific to the southern border. Yes, Brett. If you were impeached, um, would you step down? You'd be the first cabinet member to be impeached by the House in 148 years. Brett, uh, I lead 260 incredibly dedicated and talented men and women of the Department of Homeland Security. I will continue to lead them in advancing the mission of protecting the American people. That's what we do in the area of immigration, in the area of cybersecurity, in our fight against human trafficking, in saving communities devastated by extreme weather events. Yeah. We do so much for the American people, and I'm incredibly proud to do it. I would think if you were to poll America and ask the citizens of this nation how safe and secure you feel, under the leadership of Alejandro Mayorkas and his 260-plus um, soldiers, so to speak, I would be willing to bet that that number, as far as safety goes, probably less than 20% of Americans feel safe. Just a, just a guess on my part, though. Speaking of the border, New York is now suing bus companies 
<laughs> Eric Adams, I saw this. For uh, for sending migrants uh, from Texas to <laughs> to New York City. Um, but I thought that they were, you know, they enriched the lives right. of everybody. Like, why would we sue to bring... We are a welcoming city. What do they call it? Our greatest strength? Yeah, is our... Is our numbers and our diversity. Yeah. Okay, well, you're getting both, pal. Uh, This was Eric Adams yesterday. Cut eight. Phil, go. New York City has and will continue to do our part to manage this humanitarian crisis. Ah, crisis. But we cannot bear the course of reckless political ploys from the state of Texas alone. Today, our administration filed a lawsuit against 17 companies that have taken part in Texas Governor Greg Abbott's scheme to transport tens of thousands of migrants to New York City in an attempt to overwhelm our social services system. These companies have violated state law by not paying the cost of caring for these migrants. And that's why we are suing to recoup approximately $700 million already spent to care for migrants bust here in the last two years by the state of Texas. Governor Abbott's continuing use of migrants as political pawns is not only chaotic and inhumane, but makes clear he puts politics over people. Today's lawsuit should serve as a warning to all those who break the law in this way. You know, maybe it's just me, but every time I hear Eric Adams speak, I think of Tracy Morgan from Saturday Night Live. (laughs) He does he not sound he does, just identical to Tracy Morgan? Does sound, he, he does sound a lot like him. But, but think, of, think about what's happening here and what this guy is, the audacity. So in other words, uh, he's saying, oh, why should we be burdened with the cost? You Texans, mm-hmm. you should be burdened with the cost. And think about the Biden administration suing Texas yep. to say, oh, no, 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 you're not allowed to 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 push people back off of your border the hypocrisy is just so thick here and mm-hmm. you know we just a second ago talked about how trump through executive order found ways to shut down the southern border we have a crisis biden's own security people his own fbi have said we got terrorists coming across the border he has every he could today shut the border down and say we've got measles and mumps uh, coming across we have people we don't know if they have if they're vaccinated we don't know if they're sick we have flu outbreaks rsv he could make it a health crisis mm-hmm. he could also make it a terrorist crisis he he has so many tools in his presidential executive power toolbox he doesn't do it think think about it and this is not to defend eric adams because some of this is his own fault by encouraging this and saying oh we're a sanctuary city but think about how pissed he must really be because he has publicly pled for the biden administration to do something about this Mm -hmm. so his own party presidentially at the federal level is not helping him out and then Greg Abbott from the opposing aisle is sending people up through from Texas on buses. So Eric Adams is taking it from both sides, from from his own side and from the other side. And you want to talk about playing politics. It's not playing politics. This is showing you and putting it right there on your front porch. This is what we're dealing with. This is what you say you encourage and welcome. And if you want to talk about playing politics, why is the Biden administration allowing this to happen? Because they're hoping that some of these people ultimately end up voting Democrat once they become a member of this country. Moving on to cut six here, Phil. Uh, KJP was asked about data 
that it, um, indicating any of Biden's policies have contributed to the record-breaking border crisis. And uh, this was her response to that. Cut six, Phil, go. In an interview with CBS News, House Speaker Johnson said on his first day in office, President Biden came in and issued executive orders that began this chaos. Did any of the administration's policies contribute to the record number of border crossings? What I can say is this, on the, his first day in this administration, the president put forth a comprehensive immigration piece, legislation to deal with a broken system. That's what the president did, to deal with a broken system. We were just a couple of weeks away of three years ago, that, that legislation that he put forward to Congress to actually deal with an issue, all right? And so that's what I can say. The president, president understand that there's a problem at the border. He put forth on his first day something to deal with that problem. And what we continue to see from Speaker Johnson and Republicans, House Republicans, I know Jackie asked a question about something that I said yesterday in May, and I'll repeat it, I repeat what I said yesterday in May, House Republicans decided to vote on a bill that would cut 2,000 border, border Patrol agents at the border. That's what they did. That's what they did. And they continue to obstruct and get in the way of trying to, of the president wanting to move forward with a supplemental that includes border security. They're getting in the way of it. They're, they are. While Senate Republicans and Democrats in a bipartisan way are trying to find a way, a bipartisan agreement to deal with border security, you have House Republicans who left. They left in the middle of December. And I think they come back next week. Maybe they'll get some work done. Uh, instead, they're playing politics. So is that a no? Look, what I can say is what the president has done. I'm not going to speak to data. I have not seen any data that would show this, so certainly I can't speak to that. What I can say is the the actions and what the president has done and how seriously. Well, she hasn't seen the data. I don't know what she's looking at. His first day, understanding that this system has been broken for decades, this immigration system has been broken for decades under a Republican president, under a Democratic president, it has been broken. So if you're in a sinking but if you're in a boat, if you're in a boat with a big hole in it, do you just stand there and say, well, there's a hole in the boat. That's it's what she broke. would do. Yeah. She would That's just sit there and drown. So. <laughs> yeah. The administration, the Biden administration on day one, they moved to suspend remain in Mexico on Biden's first day in the White House. Remember mm-hmm. this? Yep. All of the things he signed, Department of Homeland Security moved to officially terminate the policy in June the same year. And remember, this was in and out of the courts, uh, you know, until finally it went to the U.S. Supreme Court in in the summer of 2022 with the Biden administration. Ultimately, SCOTUS ruled that Biden had the power. He did have the power to to do what he did. And thus, the policy was terminated Mm -hmm. because Biden doing that, he had the president has the power all of that proof. So I don't know what Missy Pooh, I don't know what she's looking at. <laughs> Missy Pooh. Actually, speaking of, speaking of Missy Pooh, Phil, if we could throw that uh, still shot of her up at the last bit of the clip. Right there, just freeze it. Look at the binder and look at, not the actual uh, lady, the actual physical binder on her little podium right there. Look at all those little tabs. Yeah. She's got about 17 different colors and 42 different tabs there. But she has no data. But she's got... I want to know. You know what we should really do? We should hire somebody to go in there, run up on the stage, and swipe the binder. (laughs) And bring the binder back to our studios and go through it. I want to know what's in that binder. That's a great question because we the taxpayers paid for that to be put together. I know. Is that part of the public record? Yeah. 
It would be like, you know, when I send those emails out every month or yeah. every quarter about how, you know, the show and other shows here are doing very well and we're up here, we're up here, we're up here. I wonder if, if what would happen if David Yadigroff, our market manager, or Dave Skopinich, our director of sales, came to me and said, okay, uh, these are all great uh, numbers. Can you show me the data? I'm like, well, I don't have the data. But here's the numbers. But I, <laughs> but I just feel like we're yeah. up at all of these demos. <laughs> I, haven't I feel gone, good. I haven't gone through hours and hours and hours of my time to find all this data. No, I just feel that amongst men, blah, 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 we're up here. Yeah. That's that's the that's what she's basically saying. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. I mean, she's up. I mean, you talk about an empty suit, yeah. and there's a whole administration full of them with this group, but there's nobody up there that has less to offer than that one right there. <laughs> My God, um, you played this earlier, but I, I want to play it again. Uh, speaking of the border, Nikki Haley said uh, that it is inappropriate to call. Uh, illegal immigrants criminals this is cut where are we cut phil here cut seven go but let's keep in mind these people that are wanting to come here they want to come for a better life too they have kids too they have a heart too they so we don't need to be disrespectful we don't need to talk about them as criminals they're not they're families that want a better life and they're desperate to get here Open borders with Nikki Haley. I can see it now. She, no, lo- she I, loves war. She loves open borders. And don't you dare just be disrespectful. No, dish, think, dish, I, disrespect. Dish. I think what she's saying is what I've said this, you know, for a long time. Mm-hmm. That, in other words, there's a difference between the, the so-called gotaways, the yep. actual terrorists who are coming from all over the world. There's a difference between those folks and the people who walk across the border, put their hands up in the air and say, I want to come to America for a better life. There's a big difference between that. And so I agree that, you know, it's, it's actually inaccurate to say, well, you're, you're, you're a criminal because, the, because there are many people who surrender to the Border Patrol folks mm-hmm. and are then brought in. I think, I think most Americans are absolutely okay with people coming to this country to seek a better life if they go about it the proper way. America, as we've heard, it's cliche. America was founded on immigrants, right? But people that did it the proper way. So do your paperwork, wait your time, go to your you know, court proceeding, whatever it is, the whole vetting and screening, that's fine. But when you have these people that just come over and then we don't know where they end up going and then we hear these horror stories in New York with the trashing, like we've got Americans and veterans that would kill for a free meal. And these people are just trashing as, well, this food's not good enough for me. Well, then go back uh, to Venezuela. I said this at 620 whenever uh, we discussed this the first time. I really do believe it, even though I don't agree with what she said. I think it does play well to the compassionate conservative base. And I think that she knows exactly what she's doing. I, I, I'm sure she believes it. But I think it does play well to a you know, certain group of people that mm-hmm. the GOP uh, might want to reach. That's all I'm saying. You all know right. what I mean? But the thing she should have, that Nikki Haley should have said in, when she's talking about this yeah. is to say that in a, a March of 2023, so this was nearly you know, less than two years ago, or less than a year ago, I should say, that um, the Council on Foreign Relations had stated that more than 152,000 unaccompanied minors 
yeah. were found at the U.S.-Mexico border. In, and, and remember all these missing children. So 80, 85,000 children. Where are these children? And remember, KJP, we heard that audio at some point over the past 10, 11 months. Where are all these missing children who've come across? What about them? I wish Nikki Haley would have, or anybody would have followed. I know other Republicans have talked about this, as well as other uh, human rights activists have talked about it. Yeah. Where are these missing children? All right, that'll do it for What's on the Cut Sheet, part one here on a Friday, part two, coming up at 9.35. We'll come back at Dawn's Big Three at 8, and then also... Uh, Joe Biden, more trouble for Joe. We'll give you the details as we continue. Kaylin Company on a Friday morning, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Start your day with Kaylin Company, weekday morning 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Friday morning, hopefully all of you off to a great start, maybe a great start to your weekend. Joe Biden on his way to Montgomery County. He'll be speaking at Montgomery County Community College today. Surprisingly, Dr. Jill never taught a class at Montgomery County Community College. She's been uh, teaching at other classes and other colleges throughout the country that are probably on par with Montgomery Community College, but um, that's coming up later today. So if you're in the Montgomery County Bluebell area, um, get ready for a traffic nightmare. Probably anywhere, I would think, what, Don, from between now and 2, 3 o'clock, pretty much, with um, everything that he's got going on today with the cavalry and the motorcade? Yes. So that'll be very interesting. Uh, we got a lot to get to. And speaking of Jeffrey Epstein, and I know Greg posed the question about how much, you know, people care about this, you know, nationwide. Uh, Dorenzo just ran me another story in that just came out from the New York Post. So we have, uh, more details on Epstein that we will get to in just a little bit. Also, some Joe Biden bad news in a couple of different demos. Uh, we'll get to that as we continue as well. Um, we actually have to give away our second pair of Major League Wrestling tickets. So we've got one more pair coming up at 920 this morning. That'll be the prize for the Morning Mystery Movie Clip. But right now, if you're caller 12 at 855-839-1210, you'll win a pair of tickets to Major League Wrestling, a live taping of it tomorrow evening, January 6th at the 2300 Arena in South Philadelphia. By the way, uh, it, it is the old ECW Arena. I was wondering yeah, that. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know if it's the same building. I guess it is, but it's definitely been renovated. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if they tore it down and put up another thing, but it's, right. it's it's definitely been renovated since the old ECW days. Okay. So that is uh, the prize at 920. And also right now, caller 12, 855-839-1210. Epstein update, Biden numbers, but first, let's get to a Don Stenzel and Big 3 at 833. It's the Big 3 at 8 on Kale and Company. Good morning, Friday morning, so he's back. President Joe Biden back in Pennsylvania today, a day early, delivering his first major campaign speech of 2024 for the big election this year, next November. And so Philadelphia and our region taking uh, center stage, making national and international news because the president is here once again, scheduled to speak at Montgomery County Community College in Bluebell. And many, you'll notice the media keeps saying, Near Valley Forge. Uh, you yeah. that? Yeah, I'm Near- like, that's a big, there's a big difference between now, Bluebell and Valley yeah, Forge. It, so, I, you know. <laughs> 
you know, it, it's okay. It's it's in that direction, but I mean, you can't walk I, from MCC. To, yes. Can you walk? You could bike. Well, Nikhil, you're famous for your bike rides, so yeah. how, how far of a bike ride is it? I, I mean, I, I've got to imagine, and I'm just totally guessing here, so people can crush me on Twitter if I'm way off. Monk, I mean, from Bluebell to Valley Forge has got to be seven, eight miles. I so I used to when I trained for the bike ride that Dawn is talking about. Mark O'Connor and myself and a former talk show host here <coughs> used to. Th- there's a trail that runs from Contra Hawken mm-hmm. to Valley Forge. Okay. It ends at the Valley Forge, uh, uh, the, the monument thing there, and and it's uh, a it, park. And it's it's a uh, I don't know how long it is, but I used to ride it. A okay. Lot. It's far. Okay, yeah. It's it's 20 miles, I think. From, okay, yeah. From Conchi. From Conchi. Yeah. All right, so Concha Hawken to Bluebell is probably uh, 7, 8, 10 miles. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got, I mean, it's got to be at least an 8 to 10 mile ride from, from Bluebell to Valley Forge. A little bit of a difference. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy to me to, to think that they're saying that, but there's a reason that they're saying it. But obviously, it's not close. Yeah. And this is... Not it would be different, I guess, if it was I don't know the BBC reporting that because if if you're you know overseas maybe yeah they, you don't know the difference. But when you're the Philadelphia Inquirer or local media, right, right. to say that it's near Valley Forge, mm-hmm. they're trying to say that because they're trying to help out the fact that um, President Joe Biden is his whole plan was to deliver the speech tomorrow yeah. on January sixth. Yeah. From Valley Forge, where 250 years ago, you know, George Washington, very tough winner, very mm-hmm. bleak winner, more than a quarter of the troops, um, you know, weren't even fit to, to serve. They were starving. They didn't have coats. They didn't have they didn't have shoes. Mm-hmm. They, they had nothing. And by, I guess, Biden's standards, quite frankly, the question is, would George Washington facing an inch of snow <laughs> or less have just said, well, we got to go home. No revolution. No fight. That? <laughs> is exactly. is the speech that he is going to give as impactful on January fifth? I'm I'm being serious. Like yes. if if they, I'm wondering th- if this he's, is a que- this is that's the question. I'm wondering if he's going to have that black drop, uh, the backdrop that was black with the red. Remember when he gave that real in Philadelphia speech? here? Yeah. yeah, Darth Biden, Darth Biden, yeah, Dark Brandon. <laughs> so here here's the just the detail because Nick Hale and. My brother and sister-in-law live, literally, they could walk to MCC. Yeah, 14.8 miles. 14, okay. Okay, so uh, uh, it's 3.15 p.m. is the speech, okay? okay? And it comes a full day ahead, obviously, of the three-year commemoration of the insurrection, as that's what the Inquirer and some of our... It's a three-year commemoration of the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Newman, That's how they word it. Newman Price says, on your drive home today, Kale, steer clear of all the ice cream parlors because you know the presidential convoy will have to stop several times to get Joey some chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> a little too cold for ice cream. So uh, just looking at how many times he's come to our region, and we just keep tabs on this one. So I believe this is the ninth visit to the to Philadelphia or surrounding Philadelphia region this year, or excuse me, in 2023, I should say. This is the first this year. And then the 16th, uh, 16 times since he took office in My January. Wife's a Philly girl. His <laughs> wife's a Philly girl. That's why they come here so often. Well, I mean, it just shows we are 
front and center. We're, I got to tell you, it sounds strategy. I've said it. Yeah, I've said it have. for months here. It is years. It is really smart for him to spend as yeah. much time in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, especially as he does. Yeah. He does it. I, I mean, honestly, Trump should spend more time here. He does not. You got to spend more times in the ba- in the battleground states. I Pennsylvania is one of them. I get it. It's you know the primary, so he's worried about the you know first primary states and the caucus but i i'm i am uh he has those locked up like, like come come to pennsylvania yeah do you, do you think joe knows the difference between bluebell and gilbertsville <laughs> if they, yeah, they drop them off in harleysville do you think he would know where he is he actually he knows pennsylvania pretty well but what he knows i mean he's a political animal and so he does know that Pennsylvania is critical. We, you know, we are one of the big swing states yeah. that's going to decide the next president of the United States of America. That's correct. Um, I, I will say, you know, this speech, Biden's speech today, by all accounts, it is going to echo that primetime speech that, that Nick Kale just referenced. Outside Independence Hall, the fall of 2022, the soul of the nation. And in that one, he condemned MAGA mm-hmm. and talked about that so-called threat to democracy. That is what we're expecting to hear today. It's going to be a longer version of what we played for you yesterday, which was the first presidential ad of 2024 that he dropped. And it was, I don't know, 25, 30 seconds long. It's going to, it's going to be an extended version of that, you know, threat to democracy, the whole bit. And also, where's Trump this afternoon? So about the same time. So Trump is scheduled to speak 4 p.m., Today, not in our region, but he is scheduled to speak in Iowa. So what's interesting here, he was originally supposed to be at Dort University. This is Trump. And then the school said that they changed it because he wanted a rally format rather than taking questions directly from students. So there was a last minute venue change. So I don't know if that has to do with their changing things around to counter something with Biden because mm-hmm. Trump will have the advantage. Biden will start speaking at 3.15. Then Trump speaks at 4 in Iowa. Are they going to listen and react to that? I don't know. I'm just going to point out the timeline. I mean, Trump could be altering his plans in Iowa based on the uh, the groundbreaking move by DeSantis to give Caitlin Collins <laughs> a Caitlin Clark jersey. I mean, GOP primary candidates everywhere are scrambling for what they're going to do next. This is awesome. I love it. Unbelievable. Uh, Not stirred. Number two, we have to talk about the big weekend storm. Uh-oh. We'll bring snow. Oh, no. <clears throat> the estimated totals, and you see all the headlines, 10 inches. And the National Weather Service issuing, you know, some alerts here. Because they are saying in some in some areas, we're going to see 10 inches of snow. Not in Philadelphia. But it's the first significant snow in about two years. And it looks like it's going to hit tomorrow later in the day. And so a lot of people are out there buying shovels, salting up. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. For all the people that go out there and buy shovels at the (laughs) first... So you're telling me you didn't own a shovel before you saw the forecast? Like, what's the... I don't understand the buying a shovel thing. You live in Pennsylvania. Isn't a shovel kind of a necessary item to have in your little woodshed or your tool shed out in your backyard at all times? And I mean the good shovel too. I like I like the metal shovel yeah, with the jagged edge with the metal blade on it, not the plastic one that always breaks. Yes. Give me a solid metal shovel, Dawn. Dawn, do you shovel your driveway as well? Of course I she do. does. You know, you think Larry and the boys do it? They help, but I it's my they exercise. Help. 
they help. You cut the grass, you shovel snow, oh, you God, take God. out trash. Just horrendous. You are the leader of the household. It's horrendous. <laughs> I am proud to know you. You know I love your family, but I'm just, it, it is horrendous the way they treat you. Oh, I'm saying. they treat me. Okay. I love yeah. my family. Be careful shoveling snow. A lot of people have heart attacks shoveling snow in the winter. You know why I'm not going to have a heart attack? Because I'm always out doing this. It's true. <laughs> yeah, right. Keeps you fit. You're, you're, Who you're, needs the gym? Dunn's training year-round. That's right. So why, the, why don't you pay one of the neighborhood kids to do it? I have my own kids. I'm uh, not going to pay somebody. That's a good point. I'll tell you what. I, I made some nice change as a kid when I was 12 or Me 13 too. shoveling snow. I did it all the time. I had a service going. I, the whole lived, block knew I was ready. We lived in a very rural area, so it was a bunch of long driveways, and I could make a killing. Yep. Kids these days, yeah, I'm going to sound old. Kids these days, they don't, they don't have that. Uh, they don't have that. Get them go. I've been at my house for almost 15 years. Yeah. And I think maybe three times, may, maybe three times, neighborhood kids have come around and asked to shovel. Did you? Um, did you take them up on the offer? Of course I did. Yeah. And I paid them well. I know the pool boy says you tip paid well. Paid them very well. Yeah. My my sons do they do help me, but they don't charge. But there are, you know, the nuns or some of the neighbors who are senior citizens. They do it for free. Yeah. They go and shovel for, for free. I might get one of those plows that you put on the front of your truck, and I might just go around Bluebell and start doing that for some uh, extra money in in this Biden inflation economy that we live in. <laughs> get some extra groceries with that. Hey, before I I give the time because they've they've come out with a timeline of the storm. I did want to say that. Um, First of all, just updating two stories. We don't have any more information on the man killed by the SEPTA train after you know he was shoved onto the tracks during that altercation. But there is an update on that I-95 shutdown for many hours this morning. One person charged with DUI. Wow. So they're drunk, uh, drunk driving charge. That was the I-95 northbound shutdown in Chester. Luckily, Nick Kale is here. Yes. Will you stop? It's dry January, so that won't happen for me. <laughs> yeah, th- this person was not exercising dry January, clearly. So uh, that that's going on. All right, so the timeline. It looks like 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. tomorrow. So today's sunny, 40 degrees. Tomorrow, the high, 40, uh, the high tomorrow is 39 degrees, so, or 40 degrees, I should say. So tomorrow, 11 to 3 p.m. Saturday, the snow and, and rain, the precipitation arrives between 11 to 3 p.m. And um, it's all rain for Delaware and South Jersey. Okay? Yep. So, so this is not a snow event for, the, for Delaware or, or South Jersey. The peak of the storm, 6 p.m. Saturday evening into early the early hours of Sunday morning with the heaviest precipitation, that rain line which is into the northwest suburbs. So only the Poconos remain 100% snow. So in other words, it's this is one of those situations that's a you talk about shoveling, it's a pain because it will begin as snow, it'll be very pretty, but then as we warm up into Sunday, then it turns into a rain event. Lehigh Valley mostly snow, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to get an inch of snow. Yeah. And it'll be and and the rain will wash it away. It's yeah. fine. All this, well, all this hype for nothing. But they're saying seven hundred plus days. Oh my god! The problem is that they, it's if, January. If, it's, if they're wrong and it switches over, yeah. Because let's say the t- use the Pennsylvania Turnpike one to three inches. Use that as your border. Right. So, in other words, if they're wrong and that just shifts over just a wee bit, then you're looking at like six to ten inches. Okay. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to put that out there. Yeah. 
The timing is critical here. That's fine. And, and if the temperature just drops a little bit more. We've got two NFL games Saturday night. We've got the NFL Sunday. The PGA Tour is back in Hawaii. I'll live vicariously through my television, wishing <laughs> I was in a warm tropical paradise. Bye, bye, me. <laughs> well, I hope that we, uh, we get enough snow that at least the kids could you know, go to the tower and get a little, you know, little sledding in. Yeah. The tower? Yeah. Water Aren't your tower. kids 30? What, what are they? They're teenagers. What, are they going sledding? What, you didn't sled when you were 17, Stockton? No. I no, did. they're all teenagers okay. at the water tower. Oh, it's nice. It's a lot of fun. Okay. It's actually cool. beautiful in I'm, Chestnut Hill. I'm just checking my buddy John Blaris's Twitter feed. For oh, yeah? Because he he's updating everybody. On, he says right. Pocono six inches. Yeah. <clears throat> well, he was doing real estate. John, stick with real estate. I worked with John. John, you know... He blew the storm of the century, so just stick with real estate, would you already? <laughs> That's your big three. All right, there we go. Uh, you can tell it's a Friday around here. 846, <laughs> we will come job. back. <laughs> <laughs> wrap up the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we have updates with Jeffrey Epstein and the details of one that went to Epstein Island Uh-oh. on the jet. Anthony Dorenzo just gave me this, courtesy of the, the New jet. York Post, on the jet Uh-oh. as a teen, according to court documents. Details of this horrific oh story. Next, Kale & Company. It's Kale & Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Kale & Company rolling on Friday morning. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Coming up at 920 Morning mystery movie clip, your last chance to win a pair of uh, tickets to see a live taping of Major League Wrestling. We will also have What's on the Cut Sheet Part 2. Also, some more bad news for Joe Biden when it comes to polls. We'll get to that. Also, a very crazy story at uh, Dunkin' Donuts that uh, we found that we will touch on. Um, Might make you laugh a little bit. It's a wild story, so we'll get to that coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. However, Anthony Dorenzo... Excuse me. Uh, during the break, gave me uh, a new story from the New York Post, and I mentioned this before the break. Uh, this is in regards to Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, the headline reads as follows: Top model who jumped to her death from her Wall Street apartment building had also flown on Epstein's jet as a teen. Court documents say. As we mentioned earlier this morning, last night there was a second wave of documents released. Uh, two nights ago, he had the first wave, which was 943 pages worth. Uh, but this one, also very sad. And I, like I said earlier, I think we are only you know scratching the surface on all of the people that were impacted by Epstein. Whether or not these are big-wig celebrities, you know, politicians, or you know, uh, some of the victims that sadly don't get talked about enough, but we'll mention this one here. So a top model who jumped to her death from her Wall Street apartment building had previously been one of the teen girls flown to Jeffrey Epstein's private island. That, according to newly unsealed court documents, her name, Ruslana Korshinova, I think I got that right, who featured um, in ads for Mark Jacobs, DKNY. That's um that's Donna Karen. Don, Donna Karen, yeah. Uh Vera Wang and Nina Ricci, Ricci perfume 
She was just 18 when she was a passenger on the since-deceased pedophile's so-called Lolita Express on June 7th, 2006. The latest batch of unsealed documents show the trip to Epstein's Little St. James was almost exactly two years before the Russian beauty signed to IMG and leaped to her death from her ninth-floor balcony. Her ex-boyfriend told the Post at the time, that the model had problems that she said kept uh, bottled up at all times. Uh, Korshanova's trip to Epstein Island was just weeks before the money man was arrested in 2006 and later convicted of sex with underage girls. So um, I got to imagine that there's just so many more stories like this. And, you know, this is the thing that, I, you know, the media just is, you know, barely ever addresses and, you know, I'm not a female, so I can't sit here and speak on behalf of what this is like, but to have your life just destroyed, whether you're a teenager or you're an adult, to be in this situation with, with a scumbag pedophile creep like this guy, and then, and you've mentioned this, Dawn, this is international, this is, you know, going around around the globe, the amount of people that were um, compromised, that were vulnerable, that were manipulated, and you talk about Maxwell and these other peoples that preyed upon the weak, so to speak, and then basically fed them to the beast that was. You know, these are these are the kind of stories that you're going to keep hearing about. I would imagine in the coming days and weeks. So, well, and that's why it's it's critical to go. And I know that Les Wexner's name has resurfaced in as as these as we're learning more from these documents being unsealed. These court documents civil civil cases um there were you know more than 70 victims in this so they're they're going to be more court we're going to get this every day these document you know as as we look through these thousands of pages but that's why so that the if we connect the dots you know you have a model here so what's the connection so the story is that epstein who was an unknown suddenly becomes the financial guy uh, who is working for this multi-billionaire biggity big. Yep. And the question is, why did Wexner trust him? Was there some kind of a special relationship? What What was that all about? Then Wexner, at some point, um, just completely cuts ties with Epstein because he says Epstein stole from him, you know, when he had his power of attorney back in the early 90s. Why would you give somebody, when you're a multi-billionaire, why would you give somebody power of attorney and this is somebody with you know no official degrees whatever and then it's revealed according to wexner that epstein stole from him basically embezzled some 40 million dollars now you know if somebody stole 40 million 37 40 million dollars from you Mm -hmm. don't you think you would sue them try to get some of that money back uh yeah yeah it didn't happen Mm -hmm. why right what's up with that so where does this money come from? And I know Epstein also had told, you know, all these stories that he had, um, you know, he, he was doing intelligence work and he, he knew all these people in intelligence and upper government. And was he really a spy? What's up with that? I will just leave you with this as we wrap up the 8 o'clock L hour. Uh, Megan Kelly had said on her show yesterday or two days ago, um, she delivered some sort of cryptic message, says that there's going to be a lot more Epstein developments in the coming year. And this is from Megan Kelly. We may hear about them, quote, 
from him directly. Another grifter trying to get more clicks. Could very well be the case. Or, I mean, in this bizarre story, would it surprise you if there was, like, tapes I'm of sure Epstein there's tapes. There's, I'm where sure he there's admits tapes. to it and they get leaked out the I'm next year? Sh- I'm sure there's tapes. I'm I think that's what she's referring of, to. I'm just ch- tired of all these internet famous people, like, trying to get clicks with stuff. I agree. The hell with them. I'm yeah. staying off of the internet Thank in 2024. You. Thank you. No drinking and no Twitter. All right, coming up next, final hour <laughs> is on the way. Joe Biden struggling with young women in the polls. The details at how, on how bad it is and how quickly it's happened. Coming up next, Kale and Company. Stay right there. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company, fourth and final hour, Friday morning. Welcome back in. Nick, Don, and Greg, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube, 855-839-1210. Morning mystery movie clip coming up in just about 15 minutes. Also, bottom of the hour, what's on the cut sheet part due. And uh, a lot of news with the Bidens from Joe to Hunter. And we'll start with Joe and then we'll get to what is on the front page of the New York Post uh, regarding Hunter Biden. But two sets of numbers that I think are very interesting. One probably more worrisome for Joe than the other, but I'll start with the first, and that is the latest 538 polling average. Net approval rating at this time for president after 1,080 days in office. Joe Biden, in a landslide, has the worst, the highest negative net approval rating of all time for 1,080 days in office. Joe is currently sitting at a negative 17.2%. To put that in context, Trump was at negative 11.8%. Barack Obama was at a negative half point, uh, negative 0.6. Bill Clinton was at plus 11. Jimmy Carter, plus 9.5. H.W. Bush, plus 12.5%. Nixon, plus 14.5%. Reagan plus 15, Truman plus 17, G.W. Bush plus 20%, and Eisenhower plus 63%. So Joe Biden threw almost 1,100 days, hands down the most disliked president in recent American history for 1,080 days in office. Probably not much of a surprise, but when you think about it, a lot of people say Jimmy Carter, worst president in their lifetime. He's got Joe Biden beat by about 27 points. Now, here's where it's a big issue for Joe. And I say that because one of the things that I think all three of us on this show have agreed on is that single young women are the GOP's worst nightmare. It's Trump's worst nightmare, not just for abortion, but, and Dawn, you have said this, the 27-year-old, career-oriented, single female, no kids, that buys the triple venti mocha latte from mm-hmm. Starbucks for eight fifty a pop, does not like Donald Trump. But now, young women are abandoning Joe Biden at an alarming rate. More alarm bells go off for Joe as a new poll shows that his support with female voters under 30 years old has plummeted by 18 points. In just a half year, in just six months, 
So let me give you some of these details. Uh, This is an exclusive uh, from the Daily Mail. Uh, Joe Biden's lead over Donald Trump with key group plunges from 27 points down to nine points. The six-month drop is a key factor in how, how Donald Trump has overtaken Joe Biden in the polls. JL Partners polled 984 likely voters from December 15th to the 20th to get a snapshot and support for Joe Biden has collapsed by 18 points amongst these young women in just the past six months amidst questions about his age, his leadership, and also his response to the crisis in Gaza. The sector was a key part in delivering a narrow victory in the 2020 election, but the exclusive poll for Daily Mail found that the support amongst 18 to 29-year-old likely female voters plunged from 60% in June of 2023 to just 42% at the end of the last month. So now if you're if you're tracking all of this and again polls are polls whether they're good or bad for a Republican or a Democrat, kind of take them all with a grain of salt. But Joe has lost 24% in the black vote community. He has lost completely the Hispanic vote. Trump now leads him by about 5 points in that demo. We've talked about how young voters in general are leaving Joe, but now young female voters, this, as they just sent Kamala Harris out in her new chore, her new duty, as they continue to reassign Kamala from border czar to AI czar to the Kamala Harris abortion tour 2024, this is not a good sign. And and you take it for what it's worth. But if Joe starts to slip in all of these areas collectively, simultaneously, we've seen the numbers in all of these swing states. 10,000 votes in Georgia, 11,000 votes in this state, roughly 40,000 votes in four states. If you're the Biden administration, and I know I know Fetterman came out and blasted uh, Carville uh, last week saying he doesn't give a damn about polls, um, but... When they start to add up, they start to add up, and it's kind of undeniable at this point. He's not polling well with any community right now. <laughs> he really isn't. Yeah, who is he? Who is he polling well with? I don't know. And and, you, and again, you say, well, it's only nine hundred and eighty-four people that were polled here, but you know, everyone that we take, a thousand people here, fifteen hundred there, all of it starts to add up, and these aren't the same people. So. You, you 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 throw it all into the pot. You take all of the ingredients and then you you flip the stove on. Like if you're Joe Biden right now, and it's not like you won decisively in 2020, you've got to be worried. And here's my question: What I would ask the Biden campaign and some of these Democratic strategists: Do you really think? And I, I think sadly the answer is yes. But I would love to know the level of confidence they have behind closed doors. Do you really think that you can just win again by selling they do. threats to democracy they do. and dictators? Guys, guys, you guys are yes, yep. they do. They are they are they I think are, they can for abortion. They are betting on those two issues, democracy and 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 over and the abortion issue, the overturning of uh, of Roe that happened last year or was it 2 years ago now? I Summer of 22, remember. June of 22. They are counting that that will, in the end, bring people well, out and, 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 and 
By the way, they're not wrong. I, they're no, not no, wrong. I, I agree exponentially, without a doubt, on abortion, because we've seen all of these elections post Roe v. Wade. Republicans have lost every single one. So there's 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 quantitative data and results that says, dude, you've lost every single one. But like these polls are the, meaningless. But I, the I, general I, theme of threat to democracy isn't that wearing thin on people? Like no, like. To certain, people, to certain people, to listeners of this radio yeah, station, I mean, to yes, yeah, of course, us, but 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 when it really comes down to it, no, I no, I think this stuff plays. I think this stuff plays well, and you know we, I I keep saying this, like don't don't get too comfortable with these polls because oh, I'm not believing any of them. It, it is you know this was this was Hillary Clinton in 2016. Like she she was like, oh, I have this election in the bag, and I I don't have to go to this state and that state and this state, and I can hang out in Brooklyn and do all this because I'm, you know, I have a 90% chance of beating uh, of beating Donald Trump. Look how that worked out. So all, all I'm saying is is that these polls are absolutely meaningless and when it comes down to it, yes, you have, you know, Charlemagne who said he's not voting for Biden again. But like Oh, and by the way, he's added a uh, follow-up to that. He yeah. said, "Oh, by the way, that does not mean by any stretch I'm voting course, for Trump." Of course. Right. That's that's the thing here is that everybody just assumes because they're upset with 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 Biden, they're they're not going to vote for him, or they're going to vote for Trump. That's not the case. It's so, just not the case. So let me ask you this, because and I agree with you for the most part there. Um, so if let's just say hypothetically, let's go back to the cut sheet where we played the clip of DeSantis saying Democrats want Trump in because they can beat him. Do you think the playbook would be the same if DeSantis was the nominee? Do you think Democrats would be able to just simply run on? No. Abortion, abortion, democracy, yes. and abortion. Dictator. Yes, not 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 the democracy issue. Okay, see, I, this is where I would disagree with you because I think DeSantis tries to rule with an iron fist, a lot like Trump. So I think they would actually utilize the same exact thing because if you remember, and this seems like an eternity ago, remember when Pierce, uh, I was going to say Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Morgan interviewed Ron DeSantis and he was like, a lot of people have pegged you as Trump light. You're the Diet Coke to Trump's Donald Mm -hmm. Coke. So I actually think they would utilize the same playbook against DeSantis. Remember the hit piece on him in Politico when he was actually, before he launched in May and botched everything with Twitter spaces, they were already the mainstream was all ready to go in in fear if 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 DeSantis became the guy. I think they were going to broad brush him just like they do Trump. But that's just me. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with any of that. All, all I'm all I'm saying is that if you know you weren't here, Nick, but Dawn, you certainly were. You remember that after the first the Democrat primary, the Democrat primary in uh, right before twenty twenty, no. Joe Biden was pulling at like seven percent. Yeah, he had everybody, including host on this radio station, called him like they they washed their eyes. Like he has no shot. He has no shot in the world. He's never going to win. He's never. He's not going to be the nominee. He's not going to be the nominee. And then he won South Carolina, and he ran the table after that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that that you cannot underestimate the Democrat voting base. Yeah. They will come out. They will support their guy if they think that he's in trouble. They yeah. will. Yeah. Yep. That Greg Stalker said at that time, which it echoes like a nightmare in my head, Joe Biden will be president of the United States. Trust me. I, I wish I had the audio drop for it. Greg said it on the air, and I was like, you're crazy. Yeah. And because <laughs> it was like a man in a basement. Like, I you know what it. I mean? Yes. 
and he said it and he was right which mm-hmm. is terrifying yep but now i think in play and we talk about the border crisis but when i think about the hispanic vote all the latest numbers show that um you know look at obama 70 plus percent he got 70 plus percent of the hispanic vote biden losing to trump by all accounts the hispanic vote mm-hmm. and it's first of all it's because where do the um where do the folks go who've come here illegally and maybe they're not here to work mm-hmm. but they're coming here they're the gotaways right. they go they they go in with the the hispanic community who's here legally right so that's not popular but number two it's this whole woke woke stuff the 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 latin acts and all of that that you know by and large hispanics are family people are family-based people and that's why they're the fastest growing population group in the united states of america mm-hmm. So I do find that fascinating that how Trump is and this is this big party switch that we're seeing where Trump is growing every day with within the Hispanic vote and they could very well decide this election. Yeah. I mean, if we're breaking it down, which which um, recent polling trends that are more believable to actually play out come election day, I believe the Hispanic thing that you mentioned I, I would actually argue, even though things are going in the right direction for Trump with the black vote, I still think at the end of the day that that is polling and that's not that's not real life out there. So certainly there will be some black people that vote for Trump that didn't before. I have a hard time believing the young female going and abandoning Joe and voting for Trump. You're right. That I mean, that's the demo, I think, the most that just, I mean, because you see them. You see them on social media. It's like... They literally despise the, the. It doesn't matter what facts you give them. They just they they don't. They, there's like the logic component of their brain when they hear the word Trump gets switched off. Yeah. The, the other problem is is and both sides are guilty of this too. Is that because of social media and because of of you know uh, now you can get your news from literally any. If you want a conservative point of view, you go here. You want a liberal point of view. You hear, so you get in this false sense of security by thinking that everybody thinks like you, right. because you're on Twitter and you see a bunch of people that agree with you, and you see a bunch of people that that are like, "Yeah, I'm voting for Trump." Yeah, how can I? And and, and it it lulls you into this false sense of security that everybody in the world thinks like you do, yeah. and that is absolutely not true for liberals or conservatives. Yes. Well, think about it. It, 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 it. There's only, I believe, the number is. Less than 20% of Americans are on social media. So you take that, and then you go down to the social media app that you prefer to use, and then you whittle it down even further to the group of people that you follow on said app that share the same thoughts as you in your little political social media echo chamber. And so if you think about it, you're absolutely right. You're getting like... 2% 2% of reality, mm-hmm. and you're thinking that's the majority. Yes. When clearly it's not. Yes. Which goes back to the whole point of social media's, you know, not real life. And, and, and by the way, liberals are, are guilty of that too, because they go on the mainstream media news sites and they see all of this and they see, well, people clearly hate Trump and they clearly 
aren't going to vote for him. And and look what happened last time. And that's not true either. Oh, no. So so it's 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 both sides getting lulled into this false sense of security that we got this in the back. You got these these people on the left that will watch CNN for twelve minutes a day, get their news from Yahoo, and scroll Facebook, and they think the whole world hates Donald Trump when in reality it's like, hey. That guy got 74 million votes. Of course. <laughs> a lot of, of people course. that love Donald Trump. Of course. And and liberals would be stupid to uh to to think that the majority of people hate Donald Trump because that's just not the case. Yep. It's just not. Yep. All right, we'll get to uh, the Hunter Biden story, which is very fascinating, as Hunter might be going Hollywood. We'll give you those details in a little bit, but right now, 920, speaking of Hollywood, time for our morning mystery movie clip. And now, the morning mystery movie clip on Kalen Company, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Now, there's two ways to use a stun gun. Up close and personal. Really <laughs> <laughs> or, you can shoot it from a distance. Now, do I have any volunteers who want to come up here and do some shooting, huh? All right, how about you, young lady? Come on up here. All right, let's go, handsome. Come on. Not you, fat Jesus. Slide it on back. You, pretty boy. <laughs> All right, now it's real simple. All you gotta do is point, I love this aim, movie. and shoot. All right? You don't really want to do this. Don't listen to this maniac. Let's think this thing through. Finish him! Oh! <laughs> right in the nuts! That was beautiful! Think you know what it is? Be call at 12 at 855-839-1210, and you could win this great prize. Oh, how good is that? Come on. <laughs> call at 12, 855-839-1210. You will get the final pair of tickets to the live taping of Major League Wrestling tomorrow night, January 6th, South Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena. Caller 12-855-839-1210. See if you can get that. I, I would think that that's a pretty easy movie, pretty funny one at that. And we'll give away our final pair of wrestling tickets coming up next. Kale and Company. And then after that, Hunter Biden Hollywood Documentary. Details next. Kale and Company. Stay right there. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Good to have everybody in here on a Friday morning. Joe Biden coming to Montgomery County today. Snowstorm on the way. Get your snow shovels. Grab all your bread, your lunch meat, your milk, your juice. And then get ready for uh, an inch and a half and then for it to be washed away in the rain. 855-839-1210. Time to give away our final pair of tickets to Major League Wrestling Live taping tomorrow night, South Philadelphia, 2300 Arena. And we have Alicia in Langhorn, who is our winner this morning. Alicia, good morning. What movie clip did we just play for you a few minutes ago? Oh, good morning. The Hangover. Yes, yes. Something I anticipate having none of in 2024 because I'm going dry. Bold move. Yes. Alicia, congratulations. That is the correct movie, and you've got the final pair of wrestling tickets. Are you a big wrestling fan? Um, I actually didn't realize I won or what I was winning, so I will make them work. Okay. I will make them work. All right. Well, Alicia, we appreciate it. Congratulations, and thank you for listening and playing. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Happy New Year. Yes, you as well, Alicia. Is it? Is it? Are we still allowed to say Happy New Year? You know, January fifth. You know, yeah. Well, that's we. That, that could be a whole segment. Um, I, I think you can do it up until about the tenth. Mm. That's been my rule of thumb. I thought you were going to mention the the fact that Alicia just wanted the winner prize, even though she didn't know what the prize was. 
And I was going to ask you, are we still allowed to use the term in radio, uh, prize pigs? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Because I remember I when I was... I think that's uh, I think that's wrong. Okay. Because I remember back in the day when I was doing sports, we would have the same people that always just yeah. try to win a prize regardless of what the prize, and it was like a once-a-month rule. And... By the way, you're not insinuating that Lisa... Or, uh, no! That Alicia is that. No, you're just saying it's not that male or female. It's just general. That There used to be... Yeah. yeah there used yeah. to be people who used to just A lot of people just love to win things. free stuff. Yeah. Yeah, even if they don't like it or need it. No. But nice work, Alicia. So Major League Wrestling tickets coming up. Um, Whether you like it or not, not, yeah, yeah. And how would why would you not like wrestling? Well, I mean, by the way, WrestleMania coming to Philadelphia in April. I've heard. Yep, yep. I might have to uh, pull out some cash from the uh, savings account and buy it myself. Maybe Alicia has like a you know a husband or a son. It's got to be somebody, somebody right? that she can give it to a nephew. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, let's get to the Hunter Biden story. This is um, going to make you want to puke because this is kind of a. A puff piece documentary that kind of puts Hunter Biden in a very positive light. So the New York Post with the story that Hunter, Bi- Hunter Biden's sugar brother, Kevin Morris, is plotting a documentary on the first son. And um, it's apparently a soft focus documentary on the disgraced and indicted presidential offspring. Uh, they go on to say, while the first son's life, as viewed through his now infamous laptop, resembles a Quentin Tarantino film with plenty of not-so-tasteful nudity, the untitled Morris Project would show a more gentle Hunter Biden playing, quote, um, a softer side, painting, selling his art, raising his son, and navigating the everyday life of a sober adult with ongoing criminal investigations and in the crosshairs of former President Trump and his supporters, the L.A. Times credulously reported this week. Uh, A film crew apparently has been trailing Hunter Biden, 53, for years now, and was most recently spotted recording the first son, publicly defying his subpoena. Remember when he showed up at the House Oversight Committee outside uh, for that deposition on December 13th? And you can actually see the front page of the New York Post, if you're watching on YouTube right now, this is actually really well done. They've got Hunter Biden wearing a suit with a laptop. And on the laptop, you see the little bumper sticker that says Biden-Harris. And then it says, by hooker, by crook, the Bidens will get paid. That is funny. You got Joe wearing the aviator shades, a little uh, cash, uh, little bucket of cash. To be honest with you, like his antics of, you know... All this money, where he got it from, the hookers, the blow—it's totally Hollywood. The guns. I mean, it. Like, I would watch a movie like that. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would. Although, once I realized that they're going to try to now, if you make it raunchy and you make it about all his terrible stuff, I will absolutely watch it because I know what he is in real life. So, I mean, you can't sit here and. Paint the picture, so to speak, of him, quote, raising his son when he completely ignored the existence of his four-year-old daughter, uh, Navy Jean Roberts, I believe her name is. So very good, Nick. And this is what? Now, years in the making, according to this. So what is this? This is all about a PR spin, a rehabilitated image that they are trying to salvage this guy's reputation at 53 years old. It all started a month ago. When he appeared on that Moby podcast, that's right. And it's no, it's no um, coincidence that it happened 
right before 2024 started. And yep. it's no accident that he spoke on Capitol Hill. And it's no accident that this documentary or whatever it is is coming out in time for 2024. No. And think about it. We've been talking about you know the laptop since 2020. Uh, there was also this film crew that was following him in the fall of 2021 at an art gallery. So this is years in the making. And I, I don't know where this will actually be released in air. I don't know if this is like a, on a streaming service or a theater or what it might be. Um, but if you want to consume this, best of luck. It's probably uh, bring your barf bag with you because it's going to be painted from a certain slant, so to speak. All right, 935. Let's get to a Friday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do. What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do? Yeah, let's get right to it. What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do on this Friday? By the way, I saw a, I saw a list of it. Yes, and the topic's coming up on the Dawn Show starting at 10 of 5. Sounds great. Yeah, I'm just good stuff. Just letting you know. You definitely stay tuned for that. Anyway. I think we'll tease that around 9.50. Yeah, of course. I'm just... just I mean, sorry. Sorry. You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. You want to do a show today, too? What? You want to do a show as well? Do like the Rex stock. You got a lot of, a lot of bounce to your stuff, but I like this. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm... I, I need this all the time. No. I like it. Are you eating? I, I need... I need 90% less of me. That's my New Year's resolution for 24. Um, (laughs) Nikki Haley was also involved in the Republican presidential town hall last night. Apparently they did it after... did anybody for, know this happened? Forgive me, I didn't. I, I did not watch this, so I I watched clips er, early this morning. So I thought it was just uh, Ron DeSantis, but Nikki Haley uh, was also. I guess she did it later. I'm not sure. Um, Wait, this wasn't the unsanctioned GOP primary I, that we I, talked this, about. Was this it? wasn't. This wasn't a debate. It's a CNN right. town hall. Because this was. We we talked about this a few days ago, where Vivek and Chris Christie missed the cut. Yeah. So I'm getting the. Yeah. This isn't. This isn't the debate. This is the town hall. Okay. Uh, this was. I guess right after Ron DeSantis's. Um, hang on a second. I have to put this up here. DeSantis. Thank you. I knew you were going to do that, so I had to make sure that the <laughs> thing was up. Uh, so the um, you, you talked about the Iowa school shooting uh, yesterday uh, that happened yesterday. She addressed it, and uh, the question from a voter in there, there in Iowa is, how will you address the issue of school shootings? This is how she answered it. Cut 15, Phil, go. The second thing is we have to secure our schools the same way we secure our airports and our courthouses. And that means we make sure that we have whatever we need to to make sure nothing comes through bullet-wise or otherwise. We need to have a security officer at the front of every school. We need to have one point of entry, no side or rear entries. And then we need to make sure that we have someone on staff, not a guidance counselor, but a mental health counselor, that does nothing but look to see which kids may be in crisis. And let's start there. That's at least doing something. But we have to do something. This is heartbreaking. I will. All right. We have to secure our schools the same way we secure our airports and courthouses. And business. Yes. Business buildings. Yeah. Like like ours. Like Odyssey. Yeah. Can you imagine if every school was like Odyssey World Headquarters? No, I mean, the Department of Education requires kids to go here. Yep. And so I imagine that at the Department of Education, which a lot of people say they should abolish, but I imagine at the Department of Education at the front, they have security in that building, in that office. Yep. 
they should also have the same. I agree with her. Yeah, I totally agree. That's actually a very good point by her. What she's referencing quickly, uh, this this shooter, this 17-year-old who then killed himself, he, by all accounts, these students are speaking out this morning. Schools closed there in Iperi, Iowa. As they should be. But they have counselors. A lot of the classmates are speaking out, saying the 17-year-old shooter was bullied. But the reason he targeted a sixth grader, allegedly, is because his younger sister was being bullied. Mm -hmm. And so did he, and then the parents had had a school meeting talking to the school principal who was also shot. Yep. So did this, did this shooter, because he was bullied sister, was that the motivation here? Mm -hmm. So the mental health, you know, thing that I think she's referencing. I mean, just think about all the money that the school districts have for certain programs. I mean, there's gotta be something where you can scale back and trim off some of the fat from some department and use that money and reallocate it towards police or protection or, like she said, one point of entry into the school and an armed train guard. And oh, by the way, too, the guidance counselor thing is interesting because, yeah, guidance counselors are certainly trained in many areas, but if you want to have a mental health true professional expert there, maybe we can actually find and identify those red flags so that when they pop up seven weeks later, it doesn't lead to the result that we saw yesterday where the signs were there for this person and nobody intervened or they they saw it, but they just turned a blind eye to it. We need to look, I said this earlier, we need to look at psychotropic drugs. Yeah. And the side effects. I don't disagree with that. Too many kids on antidepressants. Well, and as well, we no longer have community schools. We have these huge schools that are built like a prison. And you have thousands of kids in these schools. Like in this little town, this one huge building that connects. My first question was, why was a sixth grader at the high school? The schools are connected in these huge institutions, which is what I think government wants. I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. It's the same way with my girls down in Nashville. The school they go to, the elementary school, is uh, K through the five. And then six and seven are right next door. And I'm telling you, there's not more than 20. Now, they're not connected, but they're in the same parking lot. And they're they're no more than 20 yards apart. You know, when we were growing up, I mean, my God, my elementary school was probably five miles from the middle school. And the high school was seven miles Mm -hmm. away. Yeah. So. Um, Future president, Governor Josh Shapiro, was on (laughs) Morning Joe this morning. Uh, with a very uh, the, the, the puff piece interview by uh, by Mark Mike Barnacle telling him how wonderful he is for his help on ninety five and how how more governors need to govern like him. I, I kid you not, that's the line of questioning here. And the relevance to having Josh Shapiro on about fixing ninety five now in well, January I, of twenty four is. I'm assuming that they they had him on again. I didn't watch the entire interview, but right. I'm assuming they had him on for a reason, like maybe the president coming to PA. Um, I don't know. But uh, this is how Mike Barnacle decided to question future President Josh Shapiro. This is cut 16, guys, go. Uh, And you're well-known and deservedly well-known for when I-95 collapsed outside Philadelphia, about 16 seconds after it collapsed, you and the federal government were out there in your Superman cape. Superman cape, yeah. And got the job done well ahead of time. Do you think you can convince the Biden political people to prevent all these Democrats from walking into walls that are so concerned about Joe Biden and just having them focus on substance of getting things done. 
Yeah, look, that that's what governors do, especially Democratic governors, Westmore and others. Um, we get stuff done. And you know what? So is Joe Biden. Take a look at I-95 uh, for a moment. Joe Biden was my partner in that. I could not have gotten that road reopened within 12 days without the great partnership of Joe Biden, Secretary Buttigieg, and the federal government. They all stepped up and did a great job. And I think the president understands the critical importance of infrastructure and the critical importance of being there in a time of need and helping us understand we're all in this together. You know, Mike, just to kind of stitch back to the opening questions from Mika and the fact that the president's going to be at Valley Forge together. You know, President Washington famously understood the importance of not just being in Washington or in Virginia, but getting out across uh, then this infant country and helping people understand that they're not just Pennsylvanians or Virginians, they are Americans, right? And we are all in this together. And I think President Biden understands that as well. And he proved that when it came to I-95, that yes, this was a road in Philadelphia, of course, but it was a road that stitched us all together as Americans from Maine wow. to Florida. And he and understood deep. the importance of partnering with us <laughs> to get that done. Okay, a couple of things. One, Republican governors so get good. stuff done as well. Remember when DeSantis got that bridge back open in three days after that hurricane in Florida in September of 2022. But did you pick up on what Shapiro just said there about Valley Forge with Joe? He got it wrong as well. And that's inexcusable from a guy like Shapiro who knows Montgomery County <laughs> as well as anybody. Valley Forge and Montgomery Community College are not even close. Come on, Josh. Oh, by the way, too... Um, with the actual question that he asked Shapiro, yeah. it almost sounded like the way he positioned the question was asking if Joe's messaging that he's about to unveil is good enough, or is it more about actually getting things accomplished? Yeah. Because we know what Joe's message is going to be. It's about threat to democracy, dictator, Trump, and abortion. But what about the actual issues plaguing the country? I don't feel like he really answered I, that there. I got to say, I got to say, the Democrats are very smart to trot him out. He's yeah. very, very good at his job. Uh, his mean, job being selling the Democrat agenda. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, if we were, let's just take a little inventory right now. If I were to say there are three governors that are Democrats that are the top three most likely to run for president in 28. And it's Gavin Newsom, Josh Shapiro, and Phil Murphy. Who do you think will be the leader in the clubhouse? Gavin Newsom. Okay. Just but because think... he's got more experience and he's more known? Yeah, I said, I said this to start it, and I 100% believe it. Josh Shapiro will be president of the United States in my lifetime. I'm okay. telling you that right now. No, I, I think that Greg is correct. Shapiro is definitely... He, he is definitely going to run, and, and that, that's going to happen. I would not be surprised if he's president because he's, he's moderate. He's a, a golly – he genuinely – and I've known him for a lot of decades. He's genuinely a golly gee, whether, whether you like his policies or not. Yeah, has nothing to do with policies. It's, it's, it's literally his just, demeanor. Yeah, mm -hmm. His style. He's genuinely yeah. a good guy. His and style. I know I'm going to get brutal. Oh, brutal no, God, you I went know. off the reservation. You said a Democrat <laughs> was a good guy. But he Act is. on Stenzlin on Twitter. Unload on her mentions. But as a human being, I mean, Mary, you know, grew up in, right in the shadow of our, you know, right in. Uh, she just likes him because in, he grew up in this area. He grew up in Abington. Yeah. No. He just doesn't Mar know where Mary, Valley Forge is. <laughs> 
Yes, he does. <laughs> Grew up in Abington. Um, married his you know high school sweetheart. Oh wow, beautiful family. Well, so did I. All Great right, kids. All right, I'm I'm heading over to Twitter to he doesn't have scandals. Unload he's, on you, Dawn. I know that we know. Of. I know you're. No, he doesn't no. have. He's not. He's he's. Has Trust he been? Has he been this. to the island, Dawn? No, no. Has he flown on the flight? I can guarantee you, he's the one. Per- no, and so that's just it. He's like just a he. He comes off and look at that interview as just a normal good guy, mm. and so I think that's refreshing. And I disagree about the uh, Gavin Newsom, who's just that slick talker with that f- those fake teeth. And I think, by contrast, I actually think uh, a Shapiro is somebody who comes across as he knows who he is and he's grounded, whereas somebody like Gavin Newsom, he's all flash. Mm-hmm. And he cl- you, you look at him, you hear him talking for two minutes. And Gavin's more used car salesman. Yeah, he's talking, out, he's talking you. You know, out of both sides of his mouth. Now, with Shapiro, they didn't ask him, for example, well, what happened you know, with it? What did you get done, governor, in your first year? What did you get done? Uh, boy, it took a long time to get that budget. You know, that's... They're not asking him any tough questions. Of course not. The media never will. Thus, it allows him further to show that personality that is a, he's a great personality. All right. 947, we will come back, wrap it up, find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show this morning. Just 13 minutes out. She will have Josh Shapiro in studio for two hours. <laughs> they will have a good time on the radio. I know. You're all going to bash me. Man. Oh, no. I'm telling you the truth. Good chance to bash Dawn right now and win Twitter uh, or YouTube of the day because that's coming up as well. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Friday morning, wrapping up another week. The Dawn Show wrapping up another week in about six minutes. And we find out what she has on tap at the top of the hour. Yeah, so coming up, we're going to update you on what's happening locally. Timeline of the storm, timeline of Biden's visit and those school closings. And why the president recently met with a group, a diverse group of historians. So we'll have all things Biden, all things local, all those updates. Uh, the new jobs report came out and better than expected. That's a good thing. So we'll talk about the economy a bit. But coming up at 10.05, comedian Jad Slay. Hey. Remember him? We yes. talked about him. It's a great get by you guys. No, yeah. this is Anthony got this. So good wow. job to Ant. This is that former WHYY employee yep. who, who loves to do a little comedy on the mm-hmm. side. Remember, he was canceled and fired. And then, guess what? He sued. He got his job back. Yeah. Love it. And now that Anthony booked a good guest, you won't hear this. Anthony, you are fired. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony worked very hard this week. That's good work a, out of him. Yeah, no, he's... He, Kudos to Anthony yeah. and Phil. Good they job. both, everybody did a great job. Yes. Thank you for uh, yeah. bearing with me while I. Yeah, while you, know, you were in and out, back and forth. I know, working one day off the next. You know. One, uh, one more flu. What, what, what's the old saying in uh, Devil Wears Prada? One flu, one more flu bug to goal weight or whatever. It, exactly. So women love yes. to say. Yeah. <laughs> Stalker's used up his sick days for the calendar Aww. year. He's here for the duration now. That's the worst. All and right. then coming up at eleven, we'll have more updates. But Anthony Hennon joins us and. He's obviously one of the hardest working uh, print reporters around locally and, and writes, we'll ask him about Shapiro as well, but writing about what's going on in Pennsylvania, some of these new laws taking effect, and what else Anthony Hennon is uh, up to. He's an investigative journalist, so we'll talk to Ant. Okay. The other Ant. The other Ant. <laughs> All right, that's coming up in about four minutes as we wrap it up with Who Won Twitter and YouTube Today? 
Who won Twitter? Because uh, we have to get out of here. Uh, I'm going to do just Twitter today. Tracy okay. Murphy 99 wins Twitter. She says, I work at Target. People are sheep buying eggs, bread, and milk for a storm. Do they not have food in their pantry and make French toast during a storm? <laughs> I agree. People are sheep. Stop buying I agree. all these things. Like You're never going to get out again. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, at Target, where they sell these new things, talking about people being sheep, the Starbucks Stanley, yep. that big cup that's mm-hmm. available for forty nine ninety nine. Yep, you sheep and you bucks. suckers. Yeah, for a coffee mug. Can you imagine that? My no. God, just get a Kale and Company one. It's cheaper. Yep, and it looks better. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your Friday. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. We're back Monday morning at six, and as Joe Biden might say later today when he leaves Montgomery County. All right, God save the Queen, man. <laughs> Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.